holidays refreshed. We're recording now. We're on. Welcome. Welcome. But I feel like there's an added pressure to do that because of the fact that our guest today is Mark Silk, who has made his whole career out of his voice and the millions of different voices he can do. It was very much like, hi, welcome. (laughs) I I love when you do that. Get closest to that microphone. Eat that microphone, dear. Yes. Is that any good? It really is. This is only like a, a cheapy one, this. Johnny, right on top of his microphone. He sounds quite commanding. I do. <laughs> I don't know about there. But no. Yeah. But you're right off. So we're back. Holidays refreshed episode two with Graham Welcome and back. Johnny. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays and all that. Today, we would normally do a confessional, but that's gone out the window because the FIFA Coca-Cola World Rankings are out tomorrow. So this is for the men's team for football. Now, obviously, forget what you might have watched over the past month or so. Forget These that. Totally forget the World Cup, which is a bit of a weird thing to say when you're talking about the world rankings, but they get updated tomorrow. These are from October. Forget what you might have witnessed. I'm going to test your knowledge for the FIFA Coca-Cola World Rankings for the men's team, Graham. I've got the top 10 in front of me. Now, you don't really know that much about football, do you? I'm not going to lie. I've not engaged with this as much as I could have done recently. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of it's gone over my head. But yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I've, I, what I've done, John, is I tried to cheat... Sorry, I'm going to put this out there now. I've just, you know, just cards on the table. I've tried to cheat. Yeah, this is a little mini confessional because you tried to cheat and failed at cheating. Uh, yeah, because I don't understand. So in Google, I typed in, so I've got this laptop in front of me that I'm talking to you on and I've got another one to the right of me here. It's like, oh, all laptops. And I typed in FIFA men's world rankings because that's what we were doing. Um, well, you ended up with the group stages and all the results from the tournaments just being on, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't, Ecuador, I don't know if Ecuador, Senegal and the Netherlands, that's not the top three. No? Uh, well, the ne- Holland's quite good. Yeah. Where, do you, where do you reckon the Netherlands are out of the top ten? Oh, uh, well, I'm just thinking about how good the football is in Holland. They've mm-hmm. got that toilet cleaner club, haven't they? Toilet cleaner club? A- Ajax. 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 That's it, sorry. Yeah, and they play SIF in the derby on a regular basis. (laughs) Yes, they do, yeah. So they've got them. Where do you reckon Netherlands, out of the top ten, where do you reckon they are? Fifth. Close, eighth. But it wasn't that bad, was it? It wasn't bad. Who do you reckon is... Ecuador aren't in it then. Uh, Ecuador aren't in the top ten. I've got the wrong thing open here. I'll give you that for nothing. Okay, right. So who do you reckon's at the bottom of the table, so the bottom of the top ten, who do you reckon's at number ten? England. Incorrect. Are they even in the top ten? They are. So oh. on the last rankings, before they were updated tomorrow, on the FIFA Coca-Cola World Rankings, England are at five. Oh. At ten. That's yeah. Better than I thought. That's better than I thought. Only one behind France. So France are at four. At ten is Denmark. Right. Who do you reckon is at number one? If you could name any country. Spain. Spain. At Brazil. <laughs> Brazil is correct at one. Spain... Moved down a place from sixth to seventh. Really? Um, what? Well, way yeah. better than Spain? Well, according to this, from October. From October. From so October. Forget what you might have seen over the past couple of weeks. I forgot. Before this, <laughs> it's like it's never happened. No. Before it gets updated tomorrow on the FIFA Coca-Cola World Rankings, yes, well, England were far better than Spain. All right. Well, why aren't we doing this tomorrow then? Well, there is that argument. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, that's really surprised me. All I was trying to rewind in my head was remember the chat that we did with Al Fornan when you were like, 
So what do you think for the World Cup? And he's like, ah, don't get me started. Okay. And then he talked for half an hour about it. Yeah. Like, and, and we love him for that. And he went, ah, you got to, got to, I'm not going to do the voice anymore. Sorry. Cause I, yeah, he was like, you've got to watch Spain. And I thought, right, that's not an I'll say in conversations. You know what I'm trying to blag about the football me, which is... Yeah, I think you're getting there. You're getting there with the knowledge. I think okay. this has helped a little oh, bit. This has, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so there you go. So that's our FIFA Coca-Cola World Rankings game. The next update is tomorrow. So have a look. Google it tomorrow. If you can actually find the page, it'd be the first thing this I would like, suggest. This is the prep. Yeah, don't call up the one where Ecuador, Senegal, the Netherlands... Close down. Put it aside. You haven't got to worry about another World Cup now for four years. Oh, I so can start prepping now, can't I? <laughs> yeah, in four years' time, it'll be like talking to Jamie Carragher. <laughs> I'll be like Alan Brazil. Is he alive? At the time of recording, yes. At the time of recording, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Moving on. So what have we got going on today? So we are going to speak to a guest who is a voiceover actor who is absolutely brilliant. Myself and Mark Silk have known each other for a long time. He's kindly agreed to chat to us both. showbiz friends. One of my showbiz friends, and he he's a big he's a big showbiz friend to have. Yeah, no, he is. Like he isn't. He's any friends with Peter Cahan, either as a voiceover artist or as a character voice actor for so many things: Scooby Doo, Bob the Builder, Pingu, Johnny Bravo. He's been on Chicken Run, Star Wars. His CV of voices is absolutely. Do you think he'll like my Scooby Doo? Can I do my Scooby Doo? Let me get. I've not dusted my Scooby Doo out the bag for years. Go on, him. Do you think that was any good? Uh, I think it was. Sort of, it sounded like he had a bit of a cold. I won't lie. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want me to do? I do. I do this in the interview. But do you want me to give you my beaker? Go on. Very good. Was oh, yeah, very good. Uh, that's slightly roadrunner esque. I, I can say, do. Yeah, yeah. I can do all the beeps. This is our chat with the wonderful voice actor and voiceover artist that is Mr. Mark Silk on Holidays Refreshed. Holidays Refreshed. He was the voice of Queen Mother, and, they, and of course back then, in, no one knew what she sounded like. Other than she was drunk. She's a big fan of yours, Graham. Hello, Graham. Have you been naughty or have you been nice? <laughs> naughty, I hope. Yes. Hello, Johnny. How are you today? Would you like a treat from Santa's sack? Huh? Oh, Holidays refreshed with Graham and Johnny. Ho, ho, ho. Luke, put that thing away. You'll have an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Bob Bobbington, and I'm a voiceover. <laughs> and now, bank commercial. Go to Banky Bank and put your money in it. Only at Banky Bank. Johnny and Graham. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Holidays refreshed with Graham and Johnny. Nice to see you, Graham. Nice to see you as well, mate. Now, see, see, I've got a printer's layer ears if I do that. Do I, do I wear my... Ridiculously, unnecessarily <laughs> fancy pants in the ear holes. Won't do those. Oh, have you got some of them? I've got uh, some and I've never wore them. I need, a, I need a new hole. I bought a new hole. Here we are. This will do. So what, what <laughs> ones are they? <laughs> so I know. Uh, these are from Lidl. Oh, OK. Yeah. Eight quid. <laughs> They're not eight pounds from Lidl. Absolutely no chance they eight pounds from Lidl. <laughs> Twelve quid. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so. Argos. Argos. Mark, I've, I can definitely say I've missed you, mate. <laughs> oh, I've missed you too. It, it's it's lovely to to uh, to link up. Thank you for the the invite. Oh, uh, mate, not at all. It's um, I'm actually back on home soil as well. It was a fantastic trip to the states a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh my god! What were you doing? Oh, you know, just saying hello. 
I was doing a talk in Chicago. So I was I was doing a talk in, in Chicago uh, about creativity and, and voice bits uh, and right. at, at Chicago Pinball Expo. <laughs> so I had this this completely unhealthy hobby of of uh, pinball machines. Uh, so I'm, I'm a, as a, as a kid, I, I loved arcade machines and, and grew up in that whole world of of uh, Pac Man and Daytona and Paperboy and Ghosts and Goblins and Space Harrier and Hang On and you know really fantastic like cutting edge arcade machines from Sega and all, all you know Bally Williams and all that stuff. Uh, but I love pinball machines. So cuz it was something real. Yeah, you know, well especially now we used to we used to playing games everything is everything looks the same. We're using the same controllers. It's all either on our phone or on a games console. Whereas the pinball machines real. Anyway, yeah. so, so I, I I rediscovered pinball machines cuz um with the rise of barcades and things like that, suddenly you're finding these these bits of retro magic appear in, in the corner of the headlines. So anyway, so um, I got into these games and I thought this is way too cool for school. So I, I heard that there was a, an expo in Chicago about four years ago. So I thought, oh, go and have a look. So I went out there just to see them talk. You know, forget me, I just want to hear them talk about what they do. It's really interesting. So I went out to do that and um, somehow some of the people there knew knew of, of me and, and what I'd get up to. I didn't go there for work. I went there for fun. <laughs> it's just that they're interesting people. And, um, and in the end, I got introduced to a bunch of people and, and we all kept in touch. And um, a, year, a couple of years ago, uh, Nickelodeon cast me as, as six characters in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Stern Pinball end up end up making this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pinball machine, and right. I'm the voice of of this thing. So that's so when the you end. Play, well, yeah. So when you play, <laughs> when you go anywhere in the world and play this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine, uh, you'll hear Master Splinter go, "Choose your turtle. You have chosen Leonardo, Donatello." <laughs> No, shoot the left ramp. You have done well, my son. And that is how they became the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, all this stuff. And there's even an Easter egg in it. So you can walk up to any one of these <laughs> machines anywhere in the world, type in a super secret flipper code. Don't put any money in. Don't tell them that. Don't put any money in. <laughs> type in this flipper code. And this message from me in this room appears on the screen, on the machine, going, hello, thanks, for, you found me. You know, with a, with a game this good, with a game this good, you need a microphone this big, you know. And then, and then, and then you see me with my, with my big studio mic going, you know, this, this thing the size of my face. But it, it's, it's terrific. So anyway, I've got to know a bunch of them out there. I've, I've worked on a, on a couple of machines as well, there's a game called Funhouse, and there's this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing. So I'm I'm, I'm splintering, Bebop and Ragsteady. I'll get you, Turtles and Master Shredder. Oh my God! You know, oh my goodness, they're coming to get you. you know, Who the, else are stuff. you? So you said you're six. Who else are you? So we've got three there, haven't we? There's look at them, look at them keeping I'm, score. I'm counting. Johnny. Look, I've got fingers. Splinter. Nothing gets past him. Bebop and Ragsteady. Uh, Baxter. Hi, Master Shreddy. Baxter Fly. And Casey Jones. So it's those. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, it's great. So I've been doing that. But I, so anyway, I went out to Chicago to do a talk at, at Pinball Expo and talk about voice acting and performance and creating characters and and what what, what I love, you know, people that impress me, you know, my heroes. 
Because when you, when you do a talk about this kind of thing, it's very easy to just talk about yourself because, you know, you've got some nice stories to tell. But it's really nice, too, when you can share going, aren't they really great? You know, these yeah. people, the, the pioneers, you know, right at the very early days of these things, you know, like the, the cartoons that I grew up watching repeats of back in the 80s, not realising I'm watching work from, the, you know, 1945, you know. But it was really cool. So I was out there doing, um, I was out doing a talk in, in Chicago and then meeting up with a whole bunch of friends out there, too, which was just lovely and then flew out from there to Los Angeles on the Sunday and um, and you know sometimes you're in a situation where you go this is really cool and I I, I got off the plane not that often for me no not, not oh, too often on. but we, no we, I understand them situations exist we are we are one box on the screen away from looking at Johnny what could be cooler than that <laughs> no, no, exactly <laughs> it was one of these things where you go this is kind of cool I, I got off the plane from from Chicago to Los Angeles. So I got off the plane in Los Angeles. The plane is a bit late, and I'd got a dinner reservation with friends. And, and so it's the first time I turned up at a restaurant with luggage. And, and, and it was my it? friend... We just take it with you. What's <laughs> you know, the table? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't, <laughs> no, no, don't, nothing to see. So, yeah, we put it in the corner. And it was just one of these things where just, this is really cool. There's my friend Jerry, who's a sound designer, and he worked on Turtles and Star Wars and uh, Batman and all kinds of really cool stuff. There's a friend of his, Rick, whose work I love, who worked on Godzilla. And then a friend of, another friend of Jerry's, this guy called Greg, who's a uh, director on Family Guy. And, and then we ordered food. And you kind of go, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just um... kind of cool. So, yeah. How are you? <laughs> there's the intro. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very good. I'm I'm really impressed by um, the that your microphone. Uh, if you can't see this on the internet, uh, you're about. Uh, are you? How far are you away from the end of that microphone? Because I feel like but, you've got the biggest sounding voice ever. You're about twelve meters away. Twelve whole meters. No, away. I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a finger trumpet. Oh, okay, not that far. Well, you've got the out of everybody we've had on, Johnny. Can I just give Mark Silk ten out of ten for the microphones? It's a ten out of ten. Well. When Mark phoned me the other week, and we know when we get on the phone, 45 minutes has gone straight away because <laughs> we just spend about 40 minutes catching up and then five minutes on business. Why, would, why wouldn't um, And I said that if you two have a chat between yourselves, the the tech data that will come <laughs> over this podcast about microphones, headphones, um, any kind of processing, no, you but two are very well processed. Nailed. He's very well Mark processed. Has, I'm thoroughly finalised. <laughs> are, are you going through a TC finaliser? Oh, back in the old days, perhaps. Oh, I thought, I thought as much. Well, that's what I'm using. I'm, I use a TC finaliser, something from the 1940s in radio. I used to... No, they were... A, a proper bit of outboard gear, yeah? They look fantastic. Have you got the plug-in or have you got the hardware? I've got the big box off of back that's in the so day. That's so cool! Yeah. So cool! Right, when I started out, when I first <laughs> built my studio at my mum and dad's place in the loft, the... Got, got some great stories about that as well. Got to about that. Um, okay. Yeah. Make, well, park, park that. I, remind me to tell you about Bloke in the Loft. Right, bloke yeah. in the Loft. Bloke in, I'm going to make a note now. Bloke in the Loft. You're so much deeper than me. I'm going to change my settings while you tell the story. Sorry. Oh, hey, this is... Oh, no, there's, there's a deep off going on here. <laughs> deep off. No, this would be a lot better than mine. <laughs> He's got a nice mic with a black muff. <laughs> I am, yeah. Um, Insert gag here. So I've, I've just checked. No, that's not that great. That's not. But I've changed it. Did you prefer it before? Yeah. Johnny, I think uh, he, he, just give him give him a this few one, minutes. This, to this one's meant it's to be actually, jo- it's actually about the voice. It's his voice. Yeah. <laughs> just give him yeah. a while. Wait until he don't starts doing Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Well. 
yeah, okay. so yeah. Sorry, so you were saying, I'm going to switch back. I'm going to switch back. You were saying, sorry. Oh, by the way, okay. absolutely no difference. <laughs> yeah, it's because I've not picked a really obvious one, but yeah, we'll go back to... There we go. Okay. Well, it's about the voice, right? It's a really obvious one. What's the obvious one? There's one of them where it's so deep at the bottom end that it just distorts, if I'm honest with you, and you can't use it. Yeah, you've got to be like you, really You don't need to. You sound lovely. You got, oh, thank you're, 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 you. You sound lovely, Graham. We, th- we think you. Was, mother always said you were special. <laughs> <laughs> she did, though. That's well, the thing. She, did, she still does. Are on you, that note, shall I do an intro? Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. This is what really matters. Sorry. It's this stuff. So, so okay. the, the, uh, <laughs> the podcast thing, we'll do it. We'll do it another week. <laughs> so I'm just enjoying chat with Graham. Great choice of microphone. Yes. And DT 770s. Yes. Beautiful yeah, same choice. As yeah. Same as Johnny. Johnny's just copying you. Uh, what mic's Johnny using? Oh. Uh, do you know what? I don't think I've ever used any others. Oh, I, I what mic? What mic? Oh, Mike, I thought you said headphones. Oh, don't, don't. Let's, it's this a road, is, isn't You're it? just going to okay. laugh. It's no. just one of these. Ones. What's that? It's rubbish. Oh, that's not that bad. Oh, God, I've got a really good... Do you know what? That's funny. I went to a car boot sale last weekend. (laughs) See, I knew. I I, I knew the minute I was... (laughs) Brilliant. Some it does the job. The there you it go. does the job. It does. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It does. Here, here's the truth of it. By the time it's been squished through all the processing and, and the bit rate of, of, you know, this, it will all sound the same. That's true. We'll, That's we'll true. get so excited about what mics we've got and what processes we're putting it through and, and all the all the finalising. Anyone <laughs> listening to this out of their phone or in their or in their you know Bluetooth ear holes, it won't, it won't, no one will notice. They're like, man. Well, I've got I'm, these, by the way, sorry. I've got these, and I bought them in the year. I want these short things, and I thought, are these the right ones, the in-ears? And you know what? I've never, ever used them. Never used them. They're just sat there. You need to move it over a bit. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. They still look like them. in the box. Yeah, they I are. Mean, they're like still the boxed. cellophanes. The cellophane on them. They're still, I just, I've had a look at the months, and I thought, no. Oh, he's done that, so he can, still get, he can still return them for a refund. He's done 90 oh. days. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. <laughs> no, we're well outside the Long refund. Gone. <laughs> yeah, that's going on YouTube. Well, I used for years. I used, a, I used that microphone. I used a TLM one hundred three for years because they're yeah. terrific microphones. And then I was in New York, and there was a uh, this studio store that had all this row of microphones that looked just the business. You go, you know, if if you like techie stuff, mm-hmm. you look at this thing. You go, this is very very cool. And, it, and it, you don't even know really what any of them particularly sound like, other than that's probably great for drums. That's great for vocals. That's yeah. yeah. And, and so I saw the TLM one hundred three microphone on a stand, which is the one that you're using there and it's the one that I had I still have it and then I saw this one which, which is the t- hello I saw this one here <laughs> which <about>. is the <laughs> God, I knew this wasn't in the shop um, I, I, I saw, I'm a part time florist as well I got to a customer yeah well a lot of birthdays this time of year so, um, so then I found this microphone the TLM 49 which is sort of the size of my face nice and I, and I thought well there's, there's the one that, that Johnny's got or there's this one. And yeah. then I looked at this one and went, this one's bigger. Yeah. I want the big one. Right. <laughs> so I got this one. And it, and it sounds absolutely stunning. It's a beautiful microphone. It's the solid state version of a classic tube mic that you'd have used for, you know, Sinatra and those kind of vocals. They're, right. they're, uh, but then, uh, a couple of months ago, I was chatting with a friend who does a lot of BBC recording, location recording. Yeah. And we were chatting about just, you know, techie nonsense and I mentioned about this um, this Sennheiser microphone 
And this, this, do you know the Sennheiser 416 microphone? No, I've not seen this. I'm just going to do Of course not, because you have a life. So, uh, <laughs> so, no, I but, I, but they're, they're basically boom microphones, the kind of thing you'd, you'd stick on a pole with a dead badger on the end of it and use it on yep. location, yes. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I've seen and, that now, and they are, they are very directional. Right. So they, so you know, from a big distance, you know, I can be quite a way away, but it still sounds, you know, it still sounds okay. So that's like, what I you're using there. Yeah. So I'm nowhere near the mic, but it still sounds all right, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. But then when you, so they're meant to be used. They're originally kind of designed for that kind of use. What? But if you get yeah. close to it, for imaging or commercials or that kind of thing, Perfect. so for, it's really good. So I, I do imaging for uh, there's a station in Dublin. FM 104. Uh, FM, FM 104, you know it. So Dublin's head music station, FM 104. Now Dying back to, to the that. music. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for your chance to win four euro. Now they're much more generous than that. <laughs> four euro. Four <laughs> times are odd. 20,000 euro. They're, no, FM 104 are completely awesome. And I've been the voice of them for over 15 years. Wow. But so for imaging... I knew that this mic has got a frequency curve built into it so that if, you, if you're doing voice over music, it cuts through like right. crazy. So, you know, normally if you're doing promo, radio stuff, basically, yeah. if you're from a radio background and you've got a piece of music behind you, you've got to bring the music down. Of course. But you don't want to have that horrible wedding DJ ducking thing going on. Smash it out the way. Smash it out of the way, Graham. Yeah. Listen That's to this, Johnny. We're all learning now. <laughs> so, so, um, so I, I, a friend of mine said, "Do you want to?" So I'm coming over. Should I bring that boom mic with me? I said, "I'd love to hear it." So I, I, I knew I didn't need one because I've got this stunning other. You That's know, always big, the way though. Big toy, and about three syllables into trying it, it's like, oh, it's really good. I was, I was like, what was happening uh, to you? Because that voice was worrying. Oh, it's really good. I feel like, was something, did you need to change your trousers afterwards? Or I did, yes. yes. <laughs> so exciting! I needed new gentlemen's trousers. <laughs> look yeah. at that there, by the way. Let's have a look at it. Sennheiser MKH four one six P for uh, eight hundred and eighty quid. Jesus. Well, you know. There so, you um, so it's this. Yeah. This is the mic. Nice. Uh, and and it's got oh, a big on. a big old big old shaft. Please. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm honestly crying with like hang, hang on, hang on. I can't get over the florist gag. Hang on. There you go. David is naked. Oh, that, that there, is there, nice. Yeah. I want Ladies one of them now. I want one. Yes. Yeah. So is it super directional as well? Very. So, right. Before I knew, knew much about audio, because clearly I know everything now. <laughs> so before I knew much, because my background is a producer. My background, I started in radio as a producer and a director. And so I was chopping up. I was a music producer and doing imaging and branding and jingles. And Where was that? I, at BRMB in Birmingham. Oh, I know it. I did shows on there. Only a few. I'm so sorry. I oh, know. So <laughs> right. it's okay. It's it's fine. I got I got my refund. So <laughs> for three months of complaints, they sent me vouchers. There used to be a restaurant downstairs. So that that was fine. So I um, but my background was a producer and a director. So I, I was doing. Well, actually, my background was I, I filed records away in the record library. 
Is that where you started? Yeah, yeah. Th- right. that, that, that and floor, floral arrangements. Yeah. So I started doing that. And then I would sneak away and watch producers work to kind of just learn how to do it because I've got no formal training. You know? So, you know, uh, uh, that. So, um, and it was always just really interesting to, to hear how these people um, mm. created audio. Uh, and this is so... Um, it's so lovely and useful for if you're doing any kind of work where you've got a, uh, a a piece of music underneath you, but you need to have a vocal on top of it, like a movie trailer or a TV commercial or promos, because normally where you want it to sound really cool and punchy, you've got to bring the track down. But the, the frequency curve of this bites through it all. And what you said as well, in terms of it being directional, when you... If you've got a really great mic like yours, that that so that TLM one hundred three mic, you'll get quite a wide sound. Mm-hmm. St- you know, you, you can move around a bit and you'll still hear you. Whereas if I move over here, it's going to yeah. yeah, it's going to sort of take take me out of it just a little bit here. So on a set. As a boom mic, this is really good because it's going to reject a lot of outside noise. Yeah. So if you're in your location and you might have a bit of noise in the background in, say, your home location, it's not a it's not a floating room within a room like this is. Yeah. I, I'm guessing. So you know, this no, you mine could, isn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could you could be sort of like a, you know playing with your pony outside and, and, and you know <laughs> uh, oh, the and, pony. And, but you wouldn't have the old po- <laughs> the old Someone's pony of that of that hobby's back again so so yeah so yeah so yeah but but this rejects any outside noise so if they're digging up the road you're not going to hear it in here this is a record actually to do the intro 23 minutes and what is going on <laughs> right i want to try and do the intro i find, it, the I find intro. it very distracting <laughs> Okay, Ladies okay. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, right, that I'm, forget the intro, I'll, I'll dub the intro on. No, I said, no, 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 no. This has to okay, be the okay, intro. Okay, okay, this okay. whole thing, I, I want all of this, all of this to okay. be the intro. The whole thing all of this needs to remain in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Massive Disappointments, number 22. <laughs> so last time... So last time. It's, it's holidays refreshed. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to interrupt me then because I thought I could have used that for a jingle. No. Holidays refreshed. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll have that. <laughs> we'll have that. That'll do. Yeah, that'll I'll send it the invoice. Nice. <laughs> um, so, holidays refreshed. We are back um, with a good friend of mine, Mr. Mark Silk, who is... <laughs> it, it, your talent of voices, Mark, is unbelievable. Now, we, we will dive into some of the... We've ex- dived. Well, we have dived, but... <laughs> Um, there's, there's a lot more to swim yeah. um, through this. But um, the last time I spoke to Mark um, in this sort of capacity, it took about five minutes and just to get... When I spoke to you, and I, sell, I told you this on the phone, I reminded you I on the phone of this. I know, yeah, it's okay, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> time is money. Mm. And the last time I spoke to, to, to Mark, um, you... And it was an old ISDN dial-up because that's how we used to do things. And when you were doing station voiceovers for one of the radio stations I worked at, you put me through various different people of your your impressions before we got to you. Did I do that? Which was absolutely brilliant. (laughs) How really tedious is that? 
I do animation voices for, for a living. I do animation voices for a living. <laughs> I can talk like this for a living. Yeah, yeah this, this is on, great. Can you just talk to me like a person, please? Really? Have you still got an ISDM, by the way? Have you still got it? No. I No. For anyone listening to this, hello. Um, hi. Thank you. Hi. Hello, hello, hi. Hello, hello. Your chance to win £20,000. So, <laughs> they cancel that, no, because there isn't. There, there really isn't. <laughs> no, there isn't. Back in the days when um, like voiceovers would, would link up with radio stations before technology was any good, there was a thing called ISDN, and it, it gave decent quality audio for somebody like myself to link up with some people like yourself uh, to, to do commercials and, and bits and pieces and it was it was very low it was it was low bit rate it was okay enough for, for voice work um, and it cost a lot of money and if you think of what you can do now with your phone what the good that you can do just the quality of what you can get out of your you know your phone compared to this the box that I bought in 1996, uh, when I was just a little baby, was <laughs> two and a half thousand pounds. No way. The the box to allow me to link up via ISDN was two and a half thousand quid in in 96. In fact, a, a few months ago, there were, well, six months ago, somebody that was just coming out of lockdown said, how, how are you doing with the whole working remotely thing? And I said, I had digital lines put into my mum or dad's loft in 1996. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> so this is the thing, Mark. So Mark, back in the day, used to work in radio um, as a producer, as a director, an editor. What made you, Mark, go from the sort of the radio world to kind of go, right, okay, you can do these voices. You can be a good voiceover artist. You can be a brilliant voice actor. What made you go, do you know what, sod this, I'm going to escape the world of radio. In its probably sort of halcyon days of the 90s when everything was local and 24 hours a day, more or less seven days a week before it started to become network. What made you kind of think, do you know what? I'm going to jump ship and I'm just going to go, right, this is what I'm going to do. And obviously then end up in your mum and dad's loft speaking to yourself. <laughs> Sounds like punishment, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the truth of it was, I, I'd always, it, it came from the same, I, I still loved all the same stuff then that I that I do now and before I was d doing that. So my heroes were always people, the like the creative people behind the scenes. So musicians, special effects people, People, um, people behind the scenes in radio, artists, performers, all, all that stuff. And when I was working in radio, I remember at that time thinking something along the lines of, I don't want to ever do anything other than this. It was my dream job because it was everything that I loved. It was music, creativity, there was comedy. I was producing things. And I started, I was a presenter as well for a couple of years on the radio. And then... Um, bit by bit, the you know industries change, and it got taken over by a corporation that ripped the living soul out of what we were doing, and and the truth is, it turned into a job, and I was very grateful to have a job, but I didn't get into it. Um, for it to just be a job. It was something more than that. And you don't think of like, if you're a kid and you want to be a, a spaceman, you don't get into, you don't want to be a spaceman for the pension plan. You want no. to do it because it's really cool. Yes. And so what happened was this, this um, I was getting okay at, at 
production. I was, I was a good producer. I was a good music producer and a good, uh, you know, I was creating some stuff that I was very proud of. And it was getting a nice reputation for itself. Within six months of me being a presenter on the radio, I got uh, quietly invited down to Radio 1 to, ta- to chat with them about working with them. And I turned it down. And it was the when dream. When was this then? This what was 93. Right, this okay. is peak early... Radio 1, peak. It was like just like, they had bazillions of listeners at that point, didn't they? Like everyone oh, it was Radio 1. huge. Yeah, I mean, this was like TV numbers in terms of audience. Yeah. Uh, I got invited to go down and talk to them and it meant the world to me. I mean, really. It, it, and it's very easy when, you, when you're offered an opportunity like that to let your you know, ego or excitement to get in the way of a good yeah. decision. I wasn't ready for it. I really yeah. wasn't ready. I was still learning. I was still learning who I was creatively on the radio or, or who I was creatively. I was, I was still learning. And I said this to the guy there. I said, I'm so, you know, flattered by this offer. It was an honour to be to be in the room, you know, privileged to be there. And I just said, I'm not ready for this yet. I'm still, I'm still learning. And he said, but you'll always be learning. I said, that's true, but there's a benchmark for me. It, it, there's a benchmark that I think I should be at to accept an offer like this. Yeah. And I'm not quite there yet. So I'm really proud of what I'm doing, but at that point in time, I, I, I didn't feel I was quite there yet. And um, and he, he said, are you turning me down? And I said, I think I am. Did he say it like that? Yeah, he said, are you turning me down? Like, <laughs> said, but in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I think I am. And I said, look, this might be the biggest mistake in my career I ever make. But if I'm going to give something this important to me a shot, I think I should be in the best position yeah. that I can be in to do it right. It'd almost be like if you've just if you've just been playing the guitar for six months and then you get offered to be the you know, the lead guitarist in your favorite band. But it's more than just it's more than just being able to play the guitar. It's mm-hmm. everything else that comes along with that. And I, I I thanked them and the guy said this is I said I really appreciate you. He said I really admire what your decision. He said if you ever want to work here, um get in touch. And I never did. And it was it it was a. I learned a lot from that decision because it's that thing of you do what's right for you at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, the right time when you're ready for it. And I, I spent about a year just sort of figuring out really what, what should I be doing, having left radio, because there were all these things that I loved. So I was, a, um, I was composing music tracks at the time because I couldn't afford to license them myself. So I've been playing the keyboard since I was seven years old. Couldn't afford to like license the stuff you really wanted to use for your, your tracks from the radio. So I thought, well, I'll make them myself then. So I did. And um, I put together a few production libraries so that other independent producers could, you know, in the same position as me, could, could benefit from that. And... Um, um, and bit by bit sort of found my feet in terms of what I should be doing. And then eventually my, my, I focused on what should I be doing creatively? Because it's very, it's very easy. Often people that, are, that are, have some talent creatively aren't the best business people in the world. <laughs> They'll kind of just like go from, uh, flit from one thing to another. And sometimes yeah. it needs someone from the outside to go, let's just focus for a second, will you? you know? And so uh, this is mid-90s now, about 95. I, I thought, look... 
let's let's write a list. My my mum and dad were always very pragmatic with writing lists and sort of being you know, just figuring stuff out. So I wrote this list of all this stuff I was you know clearly massively talented at, and it was everything from like you know, pre- presentation, um, you know, puppeteering, you know, character voices, music, this that, all you know, writing, production, and and. Um, then I wrote a second list of stuff I was actually some good at, you know, the real, the honest list. And the things that came at the top of the tree were producer creating stuff and and then perf- character performer, you know, in terms of voices. I'm, I've got no interest in, in being on camera, really. I, I don't do that. It's all voice work. But it was really producer, um, you know, someone at the desk, at a mixing desk, in a studio, the guy behind the faders, that person... Or character performance. And then I thought, okay, out of those two, there's probably an engineer that's read the instructions that's better than me in in that case, you know, that knows all the extra little bits of spice that you can bring to it. I know how to put something together, but in terms of engineers, there are probably some people that, that, that have read how to do it right. And I thought, well, out of those two, you know, producer or performer, there was something that was... I, I was getting okay at that I had some talent for that I think if I work at it that might be okay so I, I thought okay well that seems to make sense and then I read this other list okay if I could work with anyone anyone you know yourself if you could work with anyone you probably know who that might be I mean who would it be for you if you could work with anyone it doesn't have to be radio it could be it could be it could be something completely outside of what you do but if you've got a hero or an actor or musician or uh, anything but you're asking oh, me. Yeah. Well, I, Johnny, you go first. <clears throat> I would probably, I'd keep it radio-based and say I'd love to work with someone like Scott Mills on Radio 2. Yep. Hmm. Brilliant. I think um, the history I, of him being a DJ and his presenters and kind of la- the last of a dying breed, I think. Yeah. I'd say Alistair Campbell because he's dead interesting. There um, you go. Yeah, there you go. But, it, but it's it's... It's just, it doesn't have to be what you do right now. And I, I, so I wrote this, bearing in mind, I'd just come from, uh, you know, a good few years working and loving, adoring radio. Um, and I wrote this list, if I could work with anyone, who would it be? And, it, and I wrote down George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, a huge Star Wars fan, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, uh, Warner Brothers, Disney, Ardman Animation, EA Games. It was this you know, Disney, you know, Lego, all these, all these bonkersly big names. Knowing that it's 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 the larger than life shoot for the stars list rather than anything realistic, but it gives you an idea of what your loves are and what what, your, what where your interests lead you. And there was this thing that kind of linked all the names that I was you know writing down. There was this connection between those and this idea of character performance. It was animation. It was animation and, and characters. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to focus on being the character voice guy, especially leaning towards animation. And so I took the skills that I'd got as a, as a decent producer and put this showreel together. Uh, and, you know, so I thought you do that thing of because if you work in anything creatively, often what can go through your mind is, well, that's all great. I think I'm OK at this. How the hell do I get any work doing that? You know, because so it's how like, did well, you? well, this is what I did. I did. I, I put together a showreel. Because when I was uh, in radio, you'd hear people's voice showreels and often they were the same. 
just different people. I was like, hello, I'm Bob Bobbington, and I'm a voiceover. <laughs> and now, bank commercial. Go to Banky Bank and put your money in it, only at Banky Bank. Now a carpet commercial. Here at Collins Carpets, we sell carpets. Make sure you get your next rug from Carpets Carpets. And, now, and, and, and they go on like that. And at the end of the show reel, you normally hear, and now some accents. Archiver knew I'm Scottish. You know, and, 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 and it was things like that, you know. And now a Texan person. Yeah-haw. Uh, you know, and, 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 and literally it would be like that. And so I put this show reel together, which, which showcased me doing animation work. And you heard this really, it was punchy. My influences at the time were very kind of American movie trailers, all that. Yes, yeah. and, and, you know, stuff that kind of grabbed you by the throat and, and you had no choice other than just sit up and listen. And, and they had swagger and style and it was exciting. And I put this showreel together that I thought, well, I, I think I'd be, I think I'd listen to this. And it was sort of funny, hopefully, and, and it was really, it was well produced. And we're still learning. It was early on. But it was good. And you heard this piece of very kind of familiar sounding Warner Brothers music. So I just started. And then, hi, I'm Mark Silk. I do cartoon voices. And then, and then you heard 20 voices in 20 seconds. It was like this mallet mallet to the skull and and re it was me kind of doing a nod of the hat to my heroes like so character voices performed by people like mel blank and doors butler and um don messick these people that a lot of people would not know their names but you'd know you know you, you know i try to do a putty dad you bet you'll throw a putty dad say your prayers you say your prayers you lump-eared varmint or i'll blast you to smithereenies you are despicable this is the last time i work with someone with a speech impediment at the right foot. Come on, Betty, let's go. <laughs> you know, all this stuff. Uh, oh, my God, you killed Kenny. All this stuff. Uh, and and, and um, it was sort of me demonstrating range. Not not demonstrating necessarily so many characters that I had created the voice of because I was still learning. It's like if you're a, mu a musician. When you first learn to play the guitar... Your only points of reference are your heroes. So you start off playing the tunes of your favourite yeah. guitarist, but then after a while you start noodling around and creating your own tunes. It's like that with, with this, like with you as a presenter or with me as a performer doing this. It takes a while for you to kind of find your own voice because when you start out doing this, you're almost doing your impression of your favourite creative people all in Absolutely. one. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and you do. You, you'll find yourself, or, because there's, you've got nothing other than I want to be like them when you start out. That, that's all you have. And then you know, the more you do it, the better you become and, and the more you find you. It's like with straight work, uh, I, I, I wasn't particularly good at doing straight voiceovers or talking like a normal person. <laughs> talking like a normal person. Because I didn't know what I sounded like. Didn't know. I knew what I, I, I knew what a guy like from Brooklyn that talked like this sounded like, or like, you know, or, or like, or, or like a guy from like really kind of weedy guy, a librarian that talks like this and comes out in hives or, or, so, or, 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 or some, you know, or some uh, market, market guy from Camden that talk like that, or somebody that's a bit more intense and take it down a bit. You don't go muck around <laughs> me, my son. You know, you, you can, you know, I knew what that sounded like. I knew what that. Isn't this common though, that with people who do impressions? 
emotions and voices. Like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who does loads of voices and I can't remember now off the top of my head, but everyone I've ever known that I've seen on TV, you're not 100% sure what their actual voice is, are you? Because they do other voices that much that it almost is easy to just slip into them voices well, than just doing your own voice. Well, in, I mean, in real life, I'm quite fine with my own voice. Yeah. Really. But in terms of professionally like as like doing the voice for commercials I, I had I got no experience of doing that so I I would say it took me about 10 years to get comfortable or good at doing that kind of and um, this is it now there yeah. it is well may, maybe yeah yeah maybe the yeah, Rory may- Bremner that was the name I was thinking of because when you hear Rory Bremner speak you're like that's not your voice and then he only does it for like 10 seconds and switches uh, into something uh, else Rory's brilliant he's there, there are, every now and then you'll come across somebody that you think that you, you know do a tip of the hat to and Rory's one of the masters of this and another guy who I got to spend some time with a few months ago is Chris Barry Chris Barry was in Spitting Image and the original Spitting Image the, the, the you know proper Spitting Image you know, the, 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 yeah. the, when it was in its hay day and he was you know and what I loved that he did and people like Steve Nallen did I mean I know Chris now to speak to and Steve's been a friend for years and and they would take a character voice and would just turn it up to 11 so they weren't trying to do impersonations they were creating these, these yeah the the, the 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 character the actual sculpts in Spitting Image were so large than life they created voices to match um it's like um Steve Nallen with um when he was creating the the voice of the, the Queen Mother, he was the voice of the Queen Mother, and they, of course back then, in, no one knew what she sounded like, other than she was drunk. That suggested that she was drunk a lot, well, so that must have did. been an influence. Well, he said, "How about she's we... dead? We can say it. it's fine." Well, there we go. She's a big fan of yours, Graham. So what they ended up doing <laughs> was, was they they made her. Um, there was a, a famous comedy actress called Beryl Reed, and she had this this character that she did. There was this brummy per this brummy lady, and so she, so Steve did the Queen Mother talking like this. <laughs> oh, that's a nice hat. Have you got one with a bit more fruit on it? <laughs> Yeah. And that's what the Queen Mother sounded like. And, I, I, and, and then Chris Barry, talking to him, I just said to him, um, I just love his work so much. And and he was, and I said this to him a few months ago, that he was part of the jigsaw of, of you know, creative genius that made me want to do what I do. I said, and he, and he said, thank you. And I, and I said, you know, there was a, a sports commentator on Grandstand, I think it was, called David Coleman. And he, and he was on Spitting Image. Now, who really? What does some kid at school care about David Coleman? But because of what Chris Barry did with the voice, he made it. He he, he had this big earpiece in his ear hole, David Coleman, and uh, Chris Barry uh, did this thing. We went ah, oh, extraordinary. You know, so it would just <laughs> it would cut from one sketch to the grandstand set, and 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 David Coleman ah, oh, extraordinary, Emlyn. <laughs> And they cut to something else, you know. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was just silly. But because it was so well done, what Chris created with that silly moment, there were people were like, you know, like 15 years old going around the schoolyard. And there's, there's other students going around going, good morning, ah, oh, extraordinary, Evelyn. And then go to the science class. I said, you know, when, you, when you've created something so ridiculous as that, uh, but it, it has such a, uh, uh, an impact, you know, it was like an early audio meme. But going back to something that you said, you said, how did you get this work? I put the, the showreel together, showcasing me doing character voices. But I did it where it was very choppy, 
and lasted a couple of minutes. So, you know, you didn't get bored and and it was entertaining, hopefully. It was funny. You know, at the time I, I was really influenced by people like uh, like Monty Python and, and Bill Hicks and George Carlin and some, you know, some edgy mm-hmm. comedy as well as like classic stuff they were doing back in uh, in these like retro 40s, 50s Warner Brothers cartoons. It just had this edge to it. I really liked it. It's like, like Warner um, Disney animation and their voices, they were beautiful and, and, and it was very charming, very sweet. Warner's had attitude and a strut to them, you know, which I loved. So um, as a producer, when I heard other people's showreels, you might hear one in ten that made you go, oh, that's quite good. That's all right. That's all right. Might not have been brilliant, but that's good. Because, frankly, if you're saying you do this professionally, you should be good. Mm-hmm. So if you're having to pick out the best, maybe one in ten, I found, were good. You know, j- just um, just as a you know, generalisation. So I sent out ten cassettes. Doesn't date me. And, <laughs> and I thought, if I can get one response back, I've done okay. So I sent 10 things out. I got 13 responses. How? It went cassette viral. So they put it in the post. This is old school. Yeah. And and what happened was, because it was, hopefully because it was entertaining, people played it to, you know, other people they knew and and said, this is different. And it touched a nerve. And, and I think I had, I had it at the right time as well because there wasn't really anybody else, as far as I'm aware, doing it, focusing just on animation voice character voice work you know because because pretty much every other show real at the time as far as i am aware was more general getting more general voice work and, and one of the reasons that i didn't showcase straight stuff was i wasn't very good at it then you know and now i do i'm you know, marvelous so there's um there's that but it kind of that was the beginning of it and how i how i started to get a connection and here was the thing that was nice i got um a response back from cartoon network who you know they were showing all the stuff that I adored, you know, of 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 you know Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Yosemite Sam and Flintstones and and it was just as they were moving into this new super cool side of what Cartoon Network were doing, and they got in touch with me saying, uh, "Hello, thank you for sending me your showreel. We've never heard of you. We have no need for you. We have to meet you." And it, and I met up with them and we talked about. Um, you know what I thought I could do to help, and how I thought I could, uh, how I thought that could work, and they were very lovely and very gracious. And and I, we played in the studio for a good hour, and I didn't get any work for about brrr, a year, at least a year or so from them, year year and a half. And then bit by bit, I, I I'd be brought in, and I was um, performing, you know, characters that I just grew up with and adored, so I found myself in the room going, like it's really creepy, Scooball pal. Right, Scoob? <laughs> right, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> like only on Cartoon Network. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, hello, you happy people. You know what? I'm happy. I'm feeling kind of happy. You know, all this stuff. And then, not long after, I got invited to um, cast to be the voice of this new character they're working on called Johnny Bravo. And it all kind of went bonkers from there. You can say to anybody, Mark, when you go, oh, I've got a friend, he's blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, he's the voice of Johnny Bravo. And everyone's ears and eyes light up. And they're like, oh, my God, I used to love Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Yeah, man. Oh, (laughs) Because I remember um, when I was probably... 
I don't know, it must have been, say, late 90s, maybe 2000, because Cartoon Network had a live breakfast show, didn't they, with Johnny Bravo, or AKA you, and it was basically like an hour and a half of you introducing the tunes, and it was animated. Now, I remember watching... It's animated Hackley. live. That was... It was that animated was live, did you say? Groundbreaking. Live, yeah. yeah. All the, oh, they, had, yeah. they had this Silicon Graphics workstation. Right. And the... Um, Johnny basically became uh, like the broom cupboard guy. Yeah, it, it was. It was like if you watch um, CBBC or, or any of those, that, that like or you know the one show, whatever it might be, where you've got the host and then he would go to the actual you know, clips of the show mm. or the old cartoons. It would come back to Johnny and he would be the the host. We did it for the whole day. So he did like the breakfast show, but then it, throughout the day you do live. It took live calls, live calls. I remember the interaction. Yeah. It was so much fun, and um, and I was so fortunate to get this. And what I found was going back to radio, my live the the experience I had through doing live radio was so valuable to doing this because mm. it's the first time it was the first time they'd ever done an A list Hanna Barbera Warner Brothers Cartoon Network character and performed it live. Uh, it had never been done like that before. And I, I think I only realised that once I saw it said that way in a magazine. But we realised we were doing something pretty special. And um, the, the, during the rehearsal, we had a week of rehearsals. We did it like twice a year for about three years. And during the rehearsals for it, I remember um, they got this, it was, a, it was the, a, basically a movie visual effects computer by Silicon Graphics. And now it, you could do it on your iPhone, really. So what they had was every single movement that Johnny could do pre-rendered in the computer, and literally somebody would puppeteer it. So you got Johnny sat behind a desk, like, you know, the host of a show, and then every movement that Johnny could make, and, and like him you know, playing with a bat and a ball or picking up a phone or talking directly to you, you know, all these different movements all these things pre-programmed into this Silicon Graphics workstation. And then in the animation studio, there would be a guy who would literally puppeteer Johnny, depending on, you know, what we'd planned for that segment. How would he puppeteer it? Would he, like, move his fingers on something or...? Yeah, like a keyboard or a joystick to actually go, Okay, we're going to do this one now. Johnny's talking to a a caller, so while he's talking to a caller, the mouth moves, but he's going to put his feet up on the desk now, relax, Mm -hmm. maybe just pick up a bat and a ball, go ding, 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 you know, just just to fill time, and it's just funny little bits of business in the background. And then there was a separate piece of software that in the morning, when, when we would set up before it went live, there were two pieces of software, the main animation software and this, and, and his mouth... And the mouth uh, worked on vowel sounds, so there was just all, this automated little mouth shape. And you go, A, E, I, O, U, yeah, man, oh, man, you know, oh, mama. Uh, and, and so I could talk live, and the mouth would move, but in the correct shape of the words that were being said. And what would happen every morning, we'd, the, 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 the two machines would start up, so you've got the main animation machine and the mouth computer. And the mouth, the default point was... There. <laughs> so it would start as so there'd be like a, a mouthless Johnny Bravo and his mouth would be stuck on his forehead. And then they'd have to go down a bit, down a bit, down a bit, down a bit. Yeah, got it. And it was, it was astonishingly, it was really good. It looked terrific, especially back then, because there was nothing else like yeah. it. And, and um, <laughs> I remember raising an eyebrow for, from the crew on the, on the first day of rehearsal. We did this week of rehearsal because it was, it was a real technical feat. Uh, and I said to them, 
I said, this machine's incredible. And they said, yeah, yeah, the Silicon Graphics thing, you know, you'd use this on like Jurassic Park. I went, yeah, yeah. I said, so obviously we're live. They went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the backup? And what do you mean? I said, if this machine goes down, <laughs> where'd you keep the backup? And they went, oh, we have all that. And there was only, I think there was, there were only three machines in the whole country at the time, and they had to spend a ridiculous amount of money to get this thing down. But, um, and yeah, and in the end, we uh, they got a backup machine. It was never used. Everything went really well. And then you, you almost, like, resent having your fire alarm. <laughs> you know, it's like, that really is the... But it was, it was such a, a cool time. So I ended up performing Johnny over here for Cartoon Network UK for... It was best part of three years. And, and then around the same time, I, I, I'd just been lucky enough to work on Chicken Run uh, and then work with George Lucas on Star Wars. It's like, it was like a hell of a good start. Very grateful, yeah. a lot of fun. And that's the thing. So going back to you starting this in your mum and dad's loft then, Mark, because you said before, mentioned the bloke in the loft. So I thought I'd just drop that back in. Okay, well, yeah, so, Yeah. <laughs> So at this point in time, I was still living with my mum and dad and they'd been good enough to convert their loft for me. So I was, all this, so much work was being recorded or linking up live with people from my mum and dad's loft. And uh, at the time as well, I've always been musical. I'm ropey. There are better musicians than me. I'm okay. But there's... Um, I, so, so I had really, you know, I had some cool synthesizers in this loft. I was composing stuff and, you know, playing around, just having fun. And um, so I had keyboards and I had, and, and every now and then while I was doing recording sessions with people, I'd play something down the line and be silly and, you know, just try and entertain them, have a, uh, create an atmosphere. And this one day I got this phone call and, um, you know, because by the way, the, the kind of synths that I was using, it was, it was those like great classic 80s synth sounds. So, um, you know, like the sound you'd want from like, you know, Ghostbusters, that kind of cool thing, or some really cool 80s track. <laughs> the kind of thing Elmer Bernstein would have, you know, used in Ghostbusters or, you know, the, I got all these real heroes. Anyway, so phone goes and this person out of the blue says, hello, I need your help. Um. We've got a musician that just needs to let someone hear their work. Uh, he's doing a little thing in, in Coventry. You're near there, aren't you? I said, well, yeah, I'm sort of, you know, Sully Hall, Birmingham way. Oh, great, great, great. So you've got keyboards, yeah? I said, yes. And you've got ISDN, so you could link up live with someone so at the other end they would hear that keyboard being played. I went, yes. And so he said, do you have two-way audio so the people at the other end could hear? I went, yes. So he said, OK, so, right. So a conversation could happen between whoever is in your place and in, say, Los Angeles. And it's starting to get interesting then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yes. Yeah. And he said, because well, basically we've got a musician that just needs to let them in, th- these people in Los Angeles, just hear a, an idea he's got and um, just needs to play, have a little chat, and that's it really. And I said, yeah. He said, so if he came to yours, he could play it on a keyboard they could hear it and have a chat. Went, yeah, great. I said, okay, so we'll let you know. So we don't know if it's going to happen, but if it, if it does, it'll be by the end of the week. I said, this sounds really exciting. I said, who is it? Went, Elmer Bernstein. No way. The guy that did the soundtrack for Ghostbusters. No way. And you go, what? And he did the soundtrack for a lot of cool stuff. And I had this vision of Elmer Bernstein 
walking up the stairs in, you know, in, up to mum and dad's loft <laughs> and, you know, and, and mum bringing sandwiches and you know just, this is so cool and it's it's one of those things where you go this is you know, forget work this is the stuff it's really about it's just very very exciting it didn't happen in the end but just the idea that it nearly happened kind of was enough it's like you just get these lovely moments in your day where you go this is very cool it's like um have you seen Encanto? Yes, I love mm. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. So um, I was doing a Comic-Con a few months ago and I, I was just packing a few things to travel up to this, to, to do this you know, two days of signing for the characters I work on. And I pulled out you know, some cool T-shirts and things. It was an Encanto T-shirt, you know, just stuff like that. So, um, and the trains were up the creek and the, 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 uh, the organisers of this Comic-Con said, don't, it's a fine, we'll, we'll send a car for you. We'll send a driver. Thinking, Look at me, Captain Chobes. <laughs> so they said, do you mind sharing? No, not at all. No. So the, the next morning, this this car pulls up and it you know, super showbiz blacked out car, you know, and the door goes opens up, and it's uh, and in, in the car is uh, Jess Darrow, who's the voice of the big sister from Encanto, <laughs> and he kind of go, this is very really cool. Uh, and we, she, she, and she was just so cool. We, 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 we were just chatting away, and and had this fantastic two-hour journey, just talking about stuff that we love. And you know, and she was, she was saying how. Um, in fact, the weekend just gone. How that she she'd be performing at the Hollywood Bowl with Lim uh, Manuel Miranda performing Encanto live. And I said, oh, blind. If I, does this mean I've got to go back to Los Angeles? And she said, maybe. And I said to her, OK, I will take your super showbiz singing lady playing live at the Hollywood Bowl and I will raise you. I just bought an air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, no way, I love my air fryer. I said, I know. Cool, right? And, and the conversation, and it was just great because we just kind of, it's just nice to just talk to people as regular people. Yeah. Well, I imagine the driver of that car, because did, did you slip into various characters, you both of you along the way, especially when you start talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm sure his ears would have pricked up a little bit, or her oh, ears, I, whoever was driving. I, I'm sure none of that happened at all. So um, <laughs> that was yeah, that was kind of very, very cool. It's just nice. It, it's like the, um, when I was in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I was just enjoying, you know, I went around Universal and, and had a look around Universal Studios and, and hooked up with a, uh, a friend who brought one of his friends out there. We all had a nice bite to eat. And it turns out what he did, he's head of audio for Universal Studios. And handy. Handy. <laughs> handy. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't, it, well, what it was, was th- I was just fascinated by it because you go... Um, I I just wanted to hear the stories, and and I knew the history and the heritage of it all because it's just it's it's interesting. It's just stuff that drives you to want to do what you do, or even forget work. It's just interesting. And we were, and I said to him, uh, it's the level of detail and the care that was clear all around that park, around Universal Studios in Hollywood, was so impressive. All the little bits of, of magic. You know, when you go around the Harry Potter world there and you hear this, you, you'd hear, again, the importance of sound and, and what's what sound can... The, the sound is at least 50% of the experience of when you're watching something. So without it... It's you know it, it's an you know imagine Star Wars without the music imagine yeah. Jaws without John Williams cellos, so we were walking through the um, Jurassic 
Jurassic, Jurassic Potter, different film, <laughs> weird crossover. Is that what you're working on next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so in the Harry Potter world, just walking through that as, as I entered, you, you walk past the Hogwarts Express, and there's a genuine English person go, "Hello, hello, governor," yeah, and go, "That's a real English person." Uh, Call blimey, governor, would you like a photo taken? And you go, "That's a very good English accent." But he, the, it was, but they were brilliant. The, the performers were actually great. And but then there was this huge gate. And you suddenly heard a dragon roar. I mean, a massive, huge, a real dragon, clearly. And then the gate went, you know, chained up, but the gate's moving. And so you know there's a real dragon behind there. And then all this smoke came from underneath the gate where there's clearly a dragon behind this gate. And then it stopped. And that was it. But you go, just that little detail. There's, a, there's now, you know, there's a dragon behind that gate. And that's really exciting. And that moment was you know, a thrill. And then queuing up to go on the, the tour, the tram tour around the, the studios in the back lot in uni- Universal in Hollywood. Do they still I, have the rubber shark? It's a real shark. <laughs> it's Jaws. That was the only bit where I was shark. like, I've paid, how many dollars have I paid to come in here? You've got a fucking rubber shark. It's <laughs> Jaws. It's, and it's not a rubber shark. It's Bruce. The, the, uh, that was, you know, it's called Bruce, right? Uh, no. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's called Bruce, um, named after Spielberg's lawyer. That's <laughs> good shout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, Spielberg actually, because in the actual film, Spielberg nicknamed that shark the Great White Turd because all he ever did was float. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it, it, it would never go down when he wanted it to. There's, there's, there's some great Jaws documentaries, by the way. But when, when I was waiting, the answer is yes, by the way. So when I was waiting to go on... <laughs> yes, they still have it. When I was waiting to go on, uh, just queuing up to go in this... Um, on the tram tour, I said to the guy who was in charge of all the audio there, I just said to him, clearly somebody really cares here because as well as showing all the cool promo things you'd expect to see while you're waiting in line, they were showing classic retro commercials of come and visit Universal Studios. You know, from like 1979. It was like, you know, come, uh, come and experience the $6 million man. You know, your chance to battle the, battle the bad people, battle the Cylons on the Battlestar Galactica. Oh no, it's Jaws! You know, it's all this stuff. And I said it was so, it, you realise somebody really gets, um, gets it from the point of view of a fan. That yeah. That's actually cool to see all that kind of stuff. And and the fact that someone had bothered to put all that in there, that's uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed that. And he smiled and he went, thank you, I, that was mine. <laughs> I <enjoyed> that. Nice. <laughs> where uh, are you based now, by the way? Because this is it, we're in LA and these stories and that, but are you still, you're not still based in Solihull, are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm in the. I'm in the middle, and so I'm. I'm a ten minute tra- uh, train journey away from uh, from Birmingham city centre. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I'm. I'm in Manchester now. Um, very cool. Yeah, not really. Uh, about five not, miles not from as, town. Not as not as cool as Edinburgh. No, guys. not as cool yeah, as Edinburgh. Thanks. On the Royal you Mile. Know. Just on that note of um, Harry Potter, um, Mark, it's obviously fair to say that with the recent passing of Leslie Phillips, who was the original voice of the Sorting Hat, now you've got your own story connected with the Sorting Hat, haven't you? Which is uh, extremely cool. <clears throat> yes. So Would you like to share I, it with I us? I shall. So, Thank you. since 2007, outside the films, I'm the voice of the Sorting Hat for, for merchandise and for exhibitions and when you go to 
Universal Studios in in Hollywood or or, or Orlando and meet the sorting hat, it's me that you hear when you get sorted. If you went on the worldwide tour for 11 years, it's me that would sort you. Well, no, it is me that helps the sorting hat perform his voice. Um, Do that. And then for, if you go to, I went to the, I went to Warner Brothers in Burbank and they have a whole meet and greet with the sorting hat there. And it was, you hear my voice belting through the thing going, there's nothing hidden in your head the sorting hat can't see. You belong in thingy! You know, all that stuff. And and it was, it's very cool. And, and um, you know, I'm over the moon that I, I got able, you know, that I'll be able to, like, continue the legacy of, of what Leslie Phillips started. Um, I recorded my, I recorded these lines here in 2007. And they're, you know, you can, Universal Studios have their own um, sort talking sorting hat. It's beautiful. You know, the, I, I, I brought one back with me. It is. I was going to say, hang, yeah, have you actually hang, got, hang, got you actually, here? Uh, 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 hang on. Uh, hang, on just, <laughs> hang on. Me leaning over, <laughs> not at all awkward. Oh, there, there, there's double. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, we there can see it behind you. There you go. Hang on. There you go. Yeah, talking yeah, sorting, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I I have many I have many of them because so they're, they're <laughs> all over the house. Yeah, they're all over. Oh, come on, you little tinker. Yeah, I have many many of them, and well, there's all these different ones from uh, Universal. Warner Brothers have their own. There's um, Build a Bear have their own. I mean, it, it's 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 big. It's a big deal. So it's it's um, it, it's quite an eye opener when you hear your voice like thundering out through this. When I was at, when I was at Warner Brothers, the um, somebody recognised my voice <laughs> and came up to me and said, "Are you the voice of the Sorting Hat?" <laughs> <laughs> she, went, she, she, she said, "Excuse me." She said, uh, "There's a Is whisper going around that you're the voice of the Sorting Hat." Is that right? And went. So I, de- I denied it completely in the voice of the Sorting Hat. But you bet you loved it. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, that seems extremely unlikely. Yes. Yes. No. So yeah. But but it was and then and then they they um, a whole bunch of people on, on this in this tour group all wanted pictures, which was a lot of fun. It's you know it's, it's great fun. But uh, but that's that's uh, and that's been. That's a huge thing. It's been heard all over the world on so many products and things for so long. It's 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 quite a quite a thing to get your head around. Well, I thought um, now I don't know if this is true or not, but in the toys of Woody from Toy Story, it's not Tom Hanks's voice. I think you know what I'm going to say. It's his brother, isn't it? Yeah. So if you buy a Woody toy, it's actually his brother, not Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Yeah. He's good though. He, he can he can sound like his brother. You know, it's in, yeah. in, in the end. I think that's the 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 thing that's important to remember with all of this. It, it's it's very easy for people to get, especially more recently, with people getting tied up of going. Well, you're not from that. You're not that person. Therefore, should you be performing that voice? Or you're not mm. from that part of the world. Should you be performing that character? And um, I think the important thing for anyone is that it should be who who is who performs the thing. In the way that they they need it, who's the best performer? You know, whatever sort of yeah. background might be, it, it's it's you go well. They're brilliant. They should have it. You know, it, it's it's that. For I, I had someone come up to me at a comic con um, a few years ago saying, um, 
They said, don't you think it's kind of weird that you're the American voice of Bob the Builder, even though you're not from America and you're not American, you're actually from England and an English person recording it in England, even though it's for America? And because I was the voice of Bob for like, you know, 10 years. Uh, and, and I said, that's a really interesting question. I said, did you know that the voice of Scooby-Doo isn't actually performed by a dog? <laughs> and he went, oh, I, I get it. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. And, and then sloped away. I think the thing is here, Mark, just the, um, the two points I just want to quickly mention. A, you obviously always have believed in yourself and with the support of... Probably your mum and dad back in the day. Oh, Would you say that was yeah. for, for, for anybody listening yeah. now to? Yeah, I think. It was, and, and, sorry, go ahead. No, just going to say yeah. So for for not for for believing in yourself anyway, and anyone who is a performer, if you want to be an actor, you always want to do it better, and you want to learn from the good, the bad, the mistakes you might make. If you being a presenter, a producer in that creative world, but knowing that actually, A, you believe in yourself, but you have to have that support from somebody to, to for your mum and dad in the mid-90s to kind of say, right, you're, the loft is being turned around because we believe that you will do all right from this. And going back to that list they created to make sure you go, okay, this is the vision, what's plan B? And yeah, w- would you say that is... It's so important. Without that, it wouldn't have been where you are now? Yeah, I, I've, I'm convinced of that my my dad was incredible i miss him massively and i'm so glad that he got to see me have some success really early on he got to see me in star wars and he came down to the studio and 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 he was there with us one day when we were doing johnny bravo live and he was so supportive anything that you know i wanted to try he believed in me and and say said have a go and same with my mom my mom's massively creative and so talented and funny and it's got a you know a a great sense of humor but she's and she's still hugely supportive now and she just she's still my mom and and i and i adore that i mean i i was lucky enough to um go and I, i i'm the host of a star wars symphony um, so when we we do these shows every now and then, and so as well as being lucky enough to work on Star Wars and, and you know work with George Lucas on Episode One, did I just mention that? Whoops! So there's <laughs> that goes there, that goes yeah. So uh, but they they kind of there's a genuine. I, I love the work of John Williams. So I know you know always have to and adore everything that he touches, most things that he touches, and um, so I. Um, I've been lucky enough to be the to be the onstage host of the Star Wars symphonies that we do, and a few years ago we did one live at the Royal Albert Hall, and it was myself as the onstage host, and we got the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, and the Royal Albert Hall, and we filled the Royal Albert Hall uh, twice in one day, so we had over ten thousand wow. people come to see us. But Mom had the best box in the middle of the Royal nice, Albert Hall okay, in the back yeah. there and it was and that's a it's such a thrill but to have going back to what you said to, to if you if you want to do something creative it's very easy to hear somebody you know to, to hear us talk about what we did and we did this then and then then you know then 10 minutes later I was in Star Wars and you go yeah of course it's that easy and of course, and it's not there's what what matters is that first of all, you, you need to, there has to be some talent somewhere. But the thing that the thing that happens is the more you do it, the better you get, and and the more you do it, the more confident that you'll get. And it's also, if you if you if you live somewhere where there's no other people doing this or community, a sense of 
to have a sense of community that you can share and try out ideas yeah. is, is really important. And, and if you can do that locally somewhere in the real world, that's terrific. To just, but you probably can't, can you now? Well, you might be able to. You might be able, you know, th- there might be a local acting group or, um, you know, get-together group or wh- whatever it might be. Or you might do it over, over, you know, Zoom or YouTube or Facebook or any of these things. And, and to, to be able to just collaborate with people and just play and try ideas out and get it wrong and get it right and be a good self-critic. I mean, the, the thing I got... I got asked, uh, I did a workshop to this uh, college in New York a couple of Fridays ago and a super talented bunch of people. And the one question that was asked was, what would I recommend, you know, uh, as good advice for getting into a creative industry? And I said, the answer is really easy. Get creative. That's it. Because the, the you could be massively talented, but it doesn't mean that you will be massively successful you know you could be on you could have been an amazing band you, you could have been this incredible incredible bunch of musicians in the 70s but it doesn't mean you automatically end up being queen you know it, it's 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 that it, it's you, to, to have the drive and the sometimes it takes a bit of self-belief as well to go i th- no, you know you'll you'll get you you might not get the things that you want initially but it doesn't mean that you're not good at it it might mean mm-hmm. just that wasn't your day that day yeah. or you haven't quite got there yet I mean, there's there's three there's three tips that i would like headlines that, that i like hold dear which are three super secrets for creative success and the first one is get good get good and then that's up to you what that means, in, 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 whether you're a chef or a dancer or an artist or a musician or a radio presenter or a voice actor, whatever it might be, but get good. And the, and the way you do that is by doing it again and again and again and again. And the more you do it, the better you tend to be at it. And you're, and w- with something like like this that w- we're talking about, um, record yourself. And you don't need to have, an, uh, you don't even need to have an, a separate microphone to start off with. You know, this is okay. This, you know, this will get you there. You know, this, it's a good start. And record yourself and play and make mistakes and listen back to stuff and go... Listen back. Yeah, and, and you go, that wasn't very good. And why wasn't that good? What, what did I do that I don't like the sound of? What can I do to improve that? And then you'll hear stuff that is good. And you go, well, okay, what can I hold on to from that to do, do again and make better? So you get good. So number one, get good. Number two, keep being good. No, number one, get good. Number two, tell people you're good. Because once you've got good... You've got to let people know that you're there. You've got to people. You've got to let people know that you're good. Get good. Tell people you're good because otherwise you're just doing really good stuff in your house, and you might want to be a, on a broader scale than that. So get good. Tell people you're good and keep being good. Keep being good. It matters because it's very easy. You'll see people kind of rest on their laurels or keep on just doing the same thing again and again and again. And there's a point when you've got to keep being good. And that might be that you've improved the standard of what you do in whatever way that means. Or that you just make sure that you maintain the level of, of the quality of the work that you do. And it's like if you're a chef. If after so long, you start, the, the meals are a bit cold or they don't taste as good or you don't put that salt in. It's, you know, you're, it's you're using cheaper ingredients just to 
you know, do more of it. You're not as good anymore. Get mm-hmm. good. Tell people you're good. Keep being good. And if, if you follow those three, that really can help. It, and, but for, for me, I the, the thing that helps me is, is the same thing drives me now that, as it did, I think, when I was at school, which is I still genuinely love this. That's it. I think loving it's really important, isn't it? Because if you love it, then all them other bits aren't going to be a pain in the arse, are they? Wise words, Graham. Thank you. But, we'll but, but, it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is true. And the, the thing is, well, I think... If it's driven, I've never really enjoyed like the idea of like networking, like forced networking. But I love meeting new people who I just find interesting. So, like as an example, it's it's funny how these things can like flow. So, as, as an example, I um, uh, I love my two favorite bands. Well, two favorite like musical things are Queen and Billy Joel. So I, I grew up adoring Queen, still do now. And I, when I was at school, I ended up seeing the Queen's last ever live gig with Freddie Mercury, which was unbelievable, you know. So at Nebworth in, in yeah, so there. So um, I adored it. So I love, love Queen, I love Billy Joel. And again, played keyboard ever since I was seven, rippy as hell. And um, I've seen him a lot. Uh, I've, I've seen him, you know, some, I mean, you know, I've seen him a lot. I, I even got to shake his hand um, once and went backstage when I was working on a show with Peter Kay. We, we went together to go and see Billy Joel, which was a surreal night. So anyway, last year, I took my mob to go and see this stunning Billy Joel tribute show. And, and, and you know you can like tribute acts can kind of be a bit bit hit and miss but there's this guy called Elio Pace and he's incredible but his band are stunning you know if you appreciate just musicianship the technical side of it and you love that and you know the, the person they're pay, paying tribute to it was a stunning night so I took a bunch of pictures and put them on Twitter and went oh my god I've had this fantastic night and what about Frank the saxophonist wasn't he groovy Next morning, I, I see messages on Twitter from Frank, the, the saxophonist, going, oh, my God, can't believe the voice of Grandmaster Glitch from Go Jetters came to see our show last night. <laughs> <laughs> There's this very cool show called Go Jetters that, I, that, I, uh, that I'm in, and I play the, the, uh, the mighty voice of Grandmaster Glitch. I'll get you no jetters. <laughs> in fact, hang on, I've got him over here. <laughs> He's on the shelf. There you go, on the shelf. There's Grandmaster Glitch. Yes. Yes. In his Grimbler. My Grimbler. Come along, Grimbots. So that's on CBBS. <laughs> it's a fantastic show. Well, this guy, Frank, who I thought was, a, I think, a fantastic musician, turns out his kids love Go Jetters. So we keep in touch, and then a few weeks ago, I get a message from him saying, we're, pl- we're playing at the town hall. Would you like to come and see the show? So I go, yeah. So I go and see the, the show. And you know, looking forward to seeing him play and the whole thing, and you know, great. And then um, he comes out, the musicians come out, and my jaw hits my knees, and their bass player is the bass player from Queen. You <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> Neil Fairclough. So he's the guy that took over from John Deacon years ago. Anyway, so I get invited to go back and say hi. So I'm excited because I think they're just awesome. And then um, he comes out. I take, I've taken some pictures of Grandmaster Glitch with me for his kids, knowing that, you know, I, I, hopefully it's a nice thing to do for them. Uh, he's, he comes out all giddy. 
and then he goes, oh, I've got to go and get Neil, he's going to want to meet you. And the bass player from Queen comes out and goes, oh, I love what you did in Star Wars. <laughs> and, he go, and he goes, are you kidding me? This is the wrong way around. I said, because you do realise you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really nice when you just get to meet other people that you really just love what they do. And But then we ended up chatting for like a good half hour or, or whatever just about Billy Joel because in the end, it was it's their show, but we're all fans. No, it, it's, it's that, you know, we've got all this shared interest. And when you've got that, that I think drives what you do, hopefully that's, it's a real help in terms of like longevity of a career. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's driven by something that's, that's, that's real rather than what's the next job I can do and, and, and treat it just like you're just trying to get business. Although that, it's still important. It's still a business. It's still, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're creating shows, you're making products or toys or whatever it is, but, to, for me, the the people who are the, the the people who are the most interesting are just people that you want to spend time around. You know, I I I, I adored Robin Williams, and I never cared to hear what Robin Williams thought about finance or you know, you know or things like that or, or his management or any of that. You don't care about that. You just want to hear him be him. You know, Jim Henson. You know, the the. Um, uh, massive fan of the Muppets. I, I massive fan of Fraggle Rock. A massive fan of, you know, the work and the characters that that him and Frank Oz and the team created and performed. That's you know that's magic. That stuff. Now, if you ever get the chance to go to the Jim Henson exhibition in in Queens in New York, it's it's gold dust. I, I went out there for the first time a few years ago. I went again. Went again in April. It's, it's you know any, any chance I've ever got to go there, I will. And um, there's a guy that I was working with who was a producer for Henson. And I said, look, I'm going out to the Jim Henson exhibition and I know that next door to this, where this museum is, is Astoria Studios, which is where they shoot Sesame Street. And I said, and I know around the corner from there is, this, is the Sesame Street Muppet Workshop. Is there any way I can do the tour you can't do tour? And uh, I got this email back an hour later and it just said, yes. And I filled up. I actually <laughs> filled up because it meant so much. Oh, nice. And, and I, I, they showed me around the whole you know, the whole um, Sesame Street workshop where they where they make those puppets. They had all the original fraggles there as you walk in. There's a massive, you know, Mr. Snuffleupagus. And um, and they, they took me right to the back of this, you know, big workshop. And there's just a load of drawers, really, really innocuous drawers. And and you just kind of go, you know, it's clearly where they just keep stuff. And then you start to look at the drawers. There's all these names on drawers and you go... Elmo, the the count, Ernie, and you go. Oh my God! It's the whole cast of Sesame Street in these drawers, uh, you know, the filling the wall of, uh, and you just realise, of course, because in the end they're puppets. But and and the guys who were showing me around, he said, "Who's your favourite Sesame Street character?" I went, "Bert," as in like Bert and Ernie. <laughs> And he opened the drawer and out came Bert and they took me to this area where they do photo shoots for magazines. We did this whole photo shoot with myself and Bert. Just you and Bert? Were you operating Bert? <laughs> no. Someone Bert's else was. real. Oh, of course he is. Of course I was, he is. Can I just say, was by Bert the way, I'm Ernie in the same drawer. Was Bert and Ernie in the same drawer? No, Ernie was next door. Oh, okay. Okay. As long as he was close. Close. <laughs> kind of a bit like that, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, can Graham. I just say, and this is going to be so unprofessional, I'm bursting for a wee, so can I disappear for 30 seconds and come straight back on? Is that okay? Of course. Thank you. Yes. Hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, you know. fresh back from the toilets, it's Graham. Yes, fresh from a gentleman's moment, it's Graham. <laughs> If you're in need of a gentleman's moment, step out for two minutes and you shall deliver <laughs> temporary squat. I've never needed a piss so much in my life, honestly. He's never needed a gentleman's squares in his whole life. <laughs> Are you still enjoying? Are you enjoying this podcast? I know I am, but do you need a squirt? I know I do. So why not take two minutes and have a gentleman or lady squirt? Meanwhile, sit back and relax. <laughs> We'll be with you shortly. Where's the bed come from? I'm not hearing any bed. <laughs> it's in your head, Johnny. It's in your it's head. All it in in my your head. head. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> let's ask the question: When did you last have a gentleman's squirt? You two ladies, was it half an hour ago, an hour, or more? If it was more, you probably need to go now. So shut your eyes and follow me. Think about. Beautiful swimming lake. Think of a waterfall. A fountain. You've done this to me before. A garden centre hosepipe display. <laughs> Need to go yet? I know I do. Thank you for listening to <laughs> Squirt a Longer Coke. <laughs> I'll sell that to them, Mark. I'm sure they'll love it. Squirt a Longer Graham. Merry Christmas from Squirt a Longer Graham and Johnny. I, I Squirt, a, Squirt a Longer Johnny live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it quite works with my name, does Squirt it? Squirt a Johnny. <laughs> Squirt a <longer> Johnny. <laughs> Thank you for joining Needs us work. for another exciting episode of Squirt a Longer Graham. We could use this. Ladies and gentlemen, and now... <laughs> Johnny and Graham. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need Thank to get that imaging package done now. I actually had um, something I really, really wanted you to do, and I'm glad that you said earlier on that you did your show reel. 20 voices in a few minutes. <laughs> 20 voices in 20 seconds. 20, 20 seconds, that was it. 20 voices in a few minutes. Like five minutes <laughs> show reel. It's somewhat less tight. And, <laughs> right. And now, have you heard this? This isn't a tight podcast. Get ready for 20 voices in a few minutes. <laughs> Not quite well, a I've got one. I've got one for you, and you can take as long as you like with this. I just thought, if I threw some names at you... Go, go ahead. Represent it. Okay. Represent um, it! I could probably do something, but I, I, I'd... Um, uh, let's hear Johnny do his impression. <laughs> I can do Beaker. <laughs> me, me, me. Come along, Beaker. Professor Bunsen, Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker, live at Muppet Labs. How about we stick to ones that you know, then I'll skip through them. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. You know. Scooby-Doo. Well, like Scooby-Doo, where are you? Zykes like it's really creepy, Scoob, old pal. Right, Scoob? Yeah, creepy. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> Obviously, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo, man. Oh, mama. Do the market with me. Yeah, man. Man, I'm pretty. But Darth Vader. I mean, I know you didn't act out Darth Vader, but you must have a... Um, a version of it. The deep breathing. Luke, pull that thing away, you'll have an eye out. Stop <laughs> looking around. They're all ridiculous. <laughs> I think we're done. Uh, I did have Peter K written down there, but I doubt you want to do that. Oh, oh Peter's fabulous. There's, um... 
we, we went to, uh, we both Billy Joel fans and we went to see Billy Joel together on a tour about well, great ages ago and um, we had a bite of wheat before the show started and I remember hearing oh look leave him a rang it was a delicious pudding well, they- this is it, Mark, because you did his, uh, was it his voice for the US um, trailer kind of thing? Was it was that, I'm going back into the archive of my brain here to see what you did with oh, Peter. We did, what, well, um, we, there was a show we did together called Roy the Racing Car, and we, we worked on that for a couple of years. And so Roy the Racing Car, Peter was a character called Big Chris. It was all stop motion animation. It looked fantastic. And and, and I was, uh, Maxie, the great big Italian the racing car, and he's fantastical. And uh, Flash the Rabbit, who's a right little tinker. And and there were there were a bunch of characters, but the we, we did we did a load of those. And also the narrator of that show was Sterling uh, was Sterling Moss. So in terms oh. of you know, so Sterling would come in and be the narrator, and, and then Murray Walker was there as well. And Murray was um, <laughs> a guest on the show a couple of times, and it was just you know, magical stuff to you know, be working with these with these people. But um, but the show. With um, with with Peter Roy the racing car, we did that for you know a good couple of years. It was a great show. And I know um, this is weird. And I know uh, there was a guy who Graham will know the name of a bloke called Rob Charles. So Rob Charles was on um, Rock FM, which is one of the stations myself and Graham have worked on. <laughs> it's on for years and uh, would have an American yeah, voiceover like FM. Oh yeah, ninety-seven point four Rock P- FM. That one. John Polizzi, Mark, is uh, someone who, if you've ever heard of, John Polizzi, who was a fantastic American voiceover artist who did all the imaging for uh, for Rock FM and Radio City for years. But there was a guy who, um, Peter, with him being in Bolton, must have listened to Rock FM. It would have been a huge station in that area when he was growing up. He phoned in once, he was listening, and he did do that traditional thing of just calling up. And him and Rob Charles ended up getting on. And Rob in Karsha is the radio presenter voice. Oh, right? brilliant. Um, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That. So oh, that's really go. great. So, but um, I, um, yeah. again, th- those voices were so influential to me, those American movie trailer and imaging voices, because they yeah. had this strut to them. It wasn't I'd, It wasn't like you'd hear it over here. There was this swagger and this too, too cool for school sound to it. With FM 104, that's the station in Dublin, I was working with them ages ago when I was kind of starting out doing little bits and pieces for them um, characters and stuff and they said they were looking for this new imaging voice to be the voice of the station because you know when you're listening to you know TV station or radio station podcasts movie trailers all that when you hear that distinct very definable sound it when you hear that sound that voice you think of that station that brand that movie that thing it's so identifiable it's really important to cast it correctly same with the logo same with any design so they they told me that they were looking for this voice and they um i, I said what is it you're looking for they said well you know we're looking it's like this irish american kind of guy and you know the conversation like stopped there and they went away and they looked for their, their guy in ireland and I asked them about three months later, I said, how's it going? And he went, went, shocking. And he said, we've tried presenters, we've tried voiceovers, we've tried actors, we've tried people in the street, people in the office. No one, no one can do it. And it has to be this sort of Irish-American sort of swagger. And I said, what is it you're after? And he said, well, you, but Irish-American. 
And it went, well, what, like, Dublin's hit music station, FM 104. Now, back to the music. Your chance to see Aerosmith live in Marley Park. And he went, oh, God. He said, you could have saved me three months. <laughs> and, and what it was, was instead of it being me, sort of thinking of, well, let's create a character for the station based on the attitude and the feel of what they do and what they're about. And it was, well, they're playing a lot of Irish-American, leading American music at the time. And they had this kind of cool, like, raised eyebrow, larger-than-life strut to what they did. And to me, I thought, well, let's let's create a, a voice that represents that. And so that's why I did it that way. And also, because you're creating this thing, it isn't you. It's not like your regular voice. It's this character that you've created it's a performance when the station moves when the station evolves the voice can evolve so how did you evolve that voice it just kind of changed over time i think it was probably lighter or or a bit not as i i I think there was um it might have been a little more harsh to begin with now it's kind of it's uh waking you up now on fm on the app and a and online, this is Dublin City Music Station, FM 104. And it's kind of got this bite to it. I think, oh, I, th- I think I know. Over time, it's probably got a bit more real. It's probably got mm-hmm. a, a bit more, a bit more conversational. How you doing? You know, your chance to, you know, your chance to win $20,000. You know, only on Dublin City Music Station, FM 104. Yeah, so it, it, whereas before, like a very kind of 90s, 2000s big movie trailer thing was more now your chance to, you know, this kind of great big curved, what you say, <laughs> get ready, all this stuff, <laughs> which still works. It still works because it, it's showmanship. You know, you were set, there were, there were certain moments that you set up to be exciting. You know, like you talked, if you were talking to to four people in a room, you would talk to them, you you would, you would, Talk to them differently mm-hmm. to if you were talking to twenty thousand people in an arena, yeah, or at a festival, you'd speak with a different speed, or you'd speak in a different way because you've got to project it. Or if you're trying to create excitement, you'd perform it in a different way to if you're trying to do something more solemn, you know. But uh, I think over time, it's probably got a bit more real because um, that's where the like the world has evolved. To, mm-hmm. Talking like if you look at radio presentation styles in the nineties, it, it was called uh, it, it's bloke and side chick in the morning traffic and travel and your chance to win a trip to Jamaica, and now here's CC Peniston, you know, <laughs> and it, it's, it's like you know it's, it's the way she came from, but but it's like that you know there'd be people hi good morning and, and traffic and travel soon sports headlines and you know. I mean, there still are some. some yeah, places. well, I, I know, but there's 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 that thing of, in its time, it kind of sounded really good, and there's yeah. there's moments that did sound really good, and the stuff that still sounds nice now. But there's that balance where you know, you I I listen to a lot of um, I I tend to listen to a lot of YouTube shows and podcasts. I haven't even got an aerial plugged into my TV now, because if you think of, if you think of. The voices that you would hear as the people you would hear as guests on programs, on on shows, mm-hmm. they would get what two minutes if you're lucky, three minutes maybe, and then they're gone. Well, um, or there'd be some people who were hosts that that you'd enjoy hearing them, but now there's not a room for them. Well, mm-hmm. now the, the the real talent, uh, I I hear such amazing talent, and they're doing their own thing on YouTube. Yeah. 
you know, in terms of a place to get an audience and to be able to uh, be true to what your idea is, uh, YouTube and podcasting is is incredibly powerful. There's loads of room for nuance, isn't there? You can tell, you know, I've told all kinds of stories on a podcast that I wouldn't go near on the air or I wouldn't just do a social post saying, I did this because there's no room for the 25 minutes of build up either way to get to that moment, is there? You've got got to have, yeah, you've got to have some nuance in in conversation otherwise people don't necessarily understand where you're coming from Or, Mm -hmm. or even down to, we've just had a chat which has been a very organic chat of just three people hopefully enjoying each other's company in the room you can't do that in in the old school way of things worked which is why this is a much better way of using the technology that's out to us of just telling a story or, or doing what we want to do there's I mean I listen to a thing most days called Clownfish TV Clownfish TV as hi this is Neon I'm here with Geeky Sparkles hello and, and we're here with your daily dose of Dismal Disney. And they talk about Disney. And they talk about... Every day. Theme, most days, many days. Yeah. But they talk about pop culture and movies and TV shows and all that. Yeah. And they have done their own thing. Now, if they... There is not a chance that they would have got a, a show on the radio that was on at least twice a day that gave them the freedom to talk about what they do. Not a chance. And if you think of, say, a breakfast show or a, a successful radio show now, um, I mean, what would, what would you say would be decent figures to get on, on a radio show now? Ooh, I, mean, what, I mean, what type of show? I mean, the, the, the successful, the, the big ones, these shows... Lo- that local. On, they're on that, oh, local, okay. Um, okay, well, I happen to know what the, like, the reach numbers are of things that are, like, big-size local. So let's take a show that was on in Manchester, for example. Yeah. It's yeah. on in the daytime. You could, you'd reach a couple of hundred thousand reach a week, like 200 and 200 and something week. K. Yeah, a, a week. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, so on, on Clownfish TV, like just a, just one of their stories, if you just look at what they get up to day to day. Yeah. So, um, here we go. So just, so the, the last thing that was, uh, a 17-minute video talking about Twitter uh, 10 hours ago has had 29,000 views. Yeah, that's and, where it is, isn't and it? And then 40,000... Okay, was, there was one um, about uh, Disney's Galactic Star Cruiser. That's had 115,000 views. And in in terms of... you, In terms of a, a big business trying to get people to listen, mm-hmm. um, just, just in terms of an audience enjoying what you do, this is getting bigger figures. Because yeah. it's connecting with the audience in a way that's more successful, and the engagement's uh, much much higher on that stuff. I mean, a lot of radio isn't getting the audience; it's just sort of passively listening to it. It's competitions, it's whatever. But that that sort of stuff, the comments, hundreds of people just chatting. They, with them they have uh, it's like two hundred eighty thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that I um, I've done a, um, a collaboration with called Tom. Uh, he calls himself Tomska Tomska, and he's a successful YouTuber, and he's got over seven million subscribers. Wow. And we did this video. I was the voice of this robot. I'm the voice of a robot called Titan the Robot. It was on Britain's Got Talent a few months ago. And and uh, but there was another one called Brutus Brutus. This huge over the top robot. And we did the sketch a year or so back. And it's it's over. It's over. It's two million two million views now. And you know the the power of, of this is is incredible. But in terms of somebody wanting to do their own thing, you know, you look at say Clownfish TV, and you know they sell merchandise. If you've got two hundred eighty subscribers, two hundred eighty thousand mm-hmm. subscribers, and ten percent 
of your audience want to buy, you know, to support what that what they're doing by buying the new little pin or whatever. If only ten percent of the, those people buy a piece of merchandise, you know, it can be good. There's a guy I know in New York who does a hello peppermint tea, um, who does a podcast uh, about games, and he has he has five hundred and something people that follow him, right? And he can go, well, what's the point? Here's the point. In terms of him um, just living his life and paying his bills, he's got just over 500 people. But he's taken his podcast onto Patreon. So to listen to the podcast, uh, you can pay a minimum of $5 a month. $5 a month. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and there, uh, But there are people I know that, that pay way more than $5 a month to support him because you go, it, you know, it's equivalent to, say, buying someone a coffee each week. And if you like what they're doing, there you go. But it's $5 a month. So $5 times 12 months, that is $60 minimum that you'd pay. And then times that by, he's got 500, say, 550 subscribers, that's $33,000. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. just with, and so that is not a huge audience. But for him to, to take care of his family and just pay his bills, doing something that he, talking about something that he enjoys and is knowledgeable about, that's bringing $33,000 minimum. That's the dream, though, isn't it? That is, that is the dream. I mean, it's, it's, in certain respects, it's easy said than done monetizing sort of like not massive audiences, but it is the dream, isn't it? But also just go into your... All right, it's my dream. It's better not do anything else. Just come to this room and just, act, just you know, act the goat, do a few chats with people, talk about stuff I want to talk about, you know, that's... And if you could do that and then a few people pay, you know, Three pounds a month or something like that. On well, well, yeah, Spotify just, or something. And even if you forget money for a second, just in terms of like building a community, all mm-hmm. the, the 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 success of all of this is is creating a community, mm-hmm. and it always has been. It, it's like if you go to Comic Cons, the. The, the real draw is is almost like cosplay now because it's where all these people can get together that have similar interests and shared values and and just have fun it's it's same with you go to a gig it's it's a, a big group of people that all like the same thing and with the shows that that uh, we listen to or we watch it's you, the ones that are successful they usually focusing on one subject it's like, what's mm. the subject? Is it movies? Is it music? Is it, you know, um, creativity? And, and in, this, in this particular guy, it's pinball. He's talking about that for 500 people. So but- I do one, and it's specifically aimed at an LGBTQ audience. Within that, I know who I'm talking to about it, and then that's the audience. And that within that, you develop just by the nature of the fact that it's about one thing, and they're broadly connected along lots of different, lots of different, like axes if you will and then you can make you can quite easily in theory if you like turn that up and do loads of that i can see where there's the possibility for monetization and you're talking to people who are interested in what you you've got to say as well that's why i find that fascinating well, it's brilliant. So, with the example you've just given, you go, "Well, how terrific is that?" So, you've got a community that you, that that are listening and enjoying, and that have support and and realise that there's a bigger group out there that they're mm-hmm. part of, that they don't feel they're by themselves, and you're doing something to help make their make them happier, you know, to feel part of something. And so, if the if it was. Um, if it was monetized, or they were given the opportunity to pay for that, this isn't the. I mean, of, of, of course, it, it, it's something where somebody wants to be able to pay their bills. But on a, on a bigger scale, it might be that that can pay to that that goes towards an event 
that brings people together. Because mm. this this thing goes from suddenly being, um, you, you could go, well, it's a bit callous charging $5 a month or £5 <laughs> a month. And you go, well, actually, no, it's helping them pay their bills and, and for them to keep providing you with the content that you're really enjoying, that, that yeah. helps you through your day. And th- so as, as an example, I listen to this person's podcast and I pay this a month. And there are a few others that I listen to theirs, and, you know. And so um, what, when I went out to Chicago, I did a talk out there. But a friend of mine, uh, and they both do a podcast, um, he was doing a 12-hour live stream. Well, at this at this games mm. expo, um, to raise money for uh, uh, an autistic an autism charity. His son's autistic, and he wanted to help raise money so that families could pay to get uh, the care that their kids needed that they wouldn't yep. normally otherwise be able to afford. And he asked if I'd be a guest on this live stream for an hour, hour and a half. I said, "Would love to." So. Um, Again, all, all these little th- so I found out about them through a podcast, and we've become really good friends. I spent an hour, hour and a half talking on the podcast, and just while we were talking, we raised just over four thousand dollars for that moment. And throughout the day, they raised, I think it was like twenty five thousand dollars for the charity. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good that can come out of this. And like with what you're saying for the the LBG. That one. <laughs> I haven't had Gotta enough get coffee it right. today. I haven't Gotta had enough right. coffee today. Uh, LGBTQ, is what you say. Exactly, yeah, you missed yeah. the cue off. So, yeah. um, but, but again, for, for um, a, a great community, you, you go, well, um, the podcast itself, you listen to that and you feel more included as part of something. But then it, it, that online um, listenership, can become something real. You know, you can have a yeah. real meetup, and even you know what you're bringing in for that can help go towards that. There's there's a lot of good that can come from this that I think probably more people than not don't realise is able to be done um, in terms of the, the the business side of it. It's like there's a friend of mine who uh, he's he got a commission for a TV show, and it's 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 beautiful what he's doing. The, 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 the artistry and the talent of his t- of him and his team is is terrific, and the funding didn't come through on it, and um, a lot of the funding it it, it it was all to do with getting it on TV, and and I said to him, well, I've seen what you can do yourself without extra funding. You could just get this online, and he said, oh, it's easy. He said that I'm serious. I said, I'm serious. There's there's there are ways of of, of doing this that, that actually you you can. Um, you you can actually um, generate an income off this, you know, because I look at this guy who's who's basically his wife's just a, a guy in the states. His wife has just lost her job, and by doing that monetized podcast, it's paying for their their kids' childcare. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the real world. You know, it's it's actually helping them to actually live their life and not lose their their apartment mm-hmm. in New York. And you go, um, there's. There's, there's so much good as an opportunity. The the the, the, um, the, the friend who was doing the animated show, um, I, I said to him, I, I really think a, a, a way forward is going to be having content on YouTube and then finding a way of, of collaborating with somebody or, or finding some other way of the the fans of that contributing to, you know, buying you a cup of coffee each week. You know, that kind of thing, you know, if they're enjoying what you do. And it's interesting, there's a company I work with um, who uh, they've, um, they've done a collaboration with YouTube Originals. 
And we, we've been working on a show together called Corpse Talk. Corpse Talk, where the dead famous come to life. <laughs> <laughs> and I play I, I I play a lot of characters that kind of walk in, make a noise and go away. So we, we've just done the Halloween special, which is up for a really fancy pants award, which I'm very proud of. But that is, uh, if you go on YouTube and type in Corpse Talk, you'll find the entire series on that for free. And it has millions of views. And I think if that had been on a traditional um, channel, we probably wouldn't have had that many views, uh, as many as instantly as that. And it's it's a really um, it's a really positive eyebrow raise to show what's cap- what's capable what you're capable of and what's possible by um, by getting your idea out using these channels. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's a lot of good to be done. Mark, just um, just before we wrap up, and it's worth saying that for anything like Corpse Talk or all the voices you do, um, at Mark Silk Voice on Instagram is a really great. Oh, my, it's my, um, it's my favorite. Or it's on, the, so, yeah, on Instagram <laughs> uh, at Mark Silk Voice. Uh, also, and on the Twitters and the Facebooks as well, I am at Mark Silk, M-A-R-C-S-I-L-K. If you are a huge gaming fan, I know I am, uh, then if you play <laughs> Two Point Campus from Sega on your Switch or Xbox or PlayStation or other things, then you'll hear me all over that thing. I'm the, have you played that game, by the way? Uh, two point campus. I'm not a big gamer, Mark. I'm not a big gamer at all. Well, as in, uh, uh, well, I, I've been listening to Graham's pod, uh, podcast, and I, I think he might be a big gamer. I do enjoy a good game. And uh, have you have you pl- have you played Two Point Campus? I haven't. No, I'm actually just. I was just looking you up on. Um, oh on man, Instagram so, there. Two, two Two Point Campus is awesome. There's um, when you when you play this game in the background, there is a radio station. So right. So ah, as you play right, the. Yeah. Ah. So as you play the game, you, you, there are three presenters, three main presenters, and I'm the voice of them. So in the morning, there's Ricky Hawthorne in the morning who's perpetually happy about absolutely everything. <laughs> Good morning! And if, you, and if you're thinking about using plugging in your laptop today, make sure you bring some change because the electricity's on the wonk, so bring some coins for the slot meter. And now, a tune. So there's Ricky Hawthorne <laughs> and also Sir Nigel Bickleworth in the <laughs> afternoon on Two Point Campus Radio, who Nigel sees everyone other than himself as absolute scum. <laughs> so, and you'll enjoy Nigel's marvellous uh, accounts of things he watches and enjoys. So, and now, Sir Nigel Reviews. It was dreadful. <laughs> so, Are you on TikTok, by the way? I feel like what you do on TikTok would fly. I, I need, I see, this is why I need to, okay, park, park Johnny for a bit. Uh, Graham, I completely agree. I need to, yeah, I, uh, I completely, hang on, uh, just be right, right, just between you and me, Graham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I agree, I, there is a whole bunch of stuff that is being produced right now that um, we're looking at, um, actually having a proper TikTok channel because I think absolutely I think you would find that there would be a huge audience on there for what you do they love stuff like that there's, there's also, by the way, once you've gone through Ricky Hawthorne and Sir Nigel Bickleworth there's a conspiracy theorist a dreadful conspiracy theorist of the evening called Harrison Wolf, the nighttime guy aliens man they're real we have evidence and if we don't have evidence I will find evidence there's this guy Is it based on Joe Rogan Maybe who knows? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it, it, there's there's some 
um, that game, Two Point Campus, is, is particularly marvelous. Uh, if you if you if if you do if you are nice enough to follow my uh, bits and pieces at Mark Silk uh, or at Mark Silk Voice at um, on Instagram, you'll I'll be able to t- give you announcements coming soon of some cool bits and pieces that I'm up to that I can't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> And there's some live it's, stuff. There's some really cool Comic Cons coming soon. If you get a chance, if you're if you get a chance to come and say hi, there's a there's a Comic Con in Portsmouth next year that I'm doing, which is huge and a load of fun. Um, there, is, I can't say anymore. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a big thing. I can't tell you. Can't tell you. What I'll say, Mark, before just we wrap up, I will say. If you go on to, uh, so we are at Refreshing Pod. If you go on there, you will see um, me with my puppet debut. And I think when I had my hand up, um, so Susie the Slotter, wasn't um, it, or something? It was, it was an, yeah, Susie not the my Slotter, words. whatever. <laughs> your um, words. It was from, <laughs> from, from Avenue Q. Uh, yes, it sounds ridiculous, but it, I was allowed. You will see my acting skills and voiceover work. And I think Graham's seen it live. I think it was a good oh, 8 yeah, out of 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen Avenue Q, Graham? I've no, I've not seen Avenue Q. I've, I've met, I've met them. I've not seen it. We interviewed a lot of them, Mark, when we were doing our fringe podcast. Which uh, refreshing part? It's there. You will see. Uh, you well, will I, see I, me. I, I will do that. I will watch that. I'm a massive Avenue Q fan. Huge Avenue Q fan, and um, I, I've seen it what well, six, eight times. I've seen it on Broadway a number of times. Wow. I've seen the West End. I've seen the tour, and I was asked to. to I was invited to be a guest um, performer uh, a few years ago <laughs> on Avenue Q. So I was asked. They were doing it in 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 the Midlands, and um, can I say the name of this character? Uh, I was asked to play the voice of. of <laughs> I was asked to Go perform on. Mrs. Thistletwat, uh, <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the head teaching. Hello, Liv- uh, hello, Lavinia. This is I. Uh, she absolutely marvellous. Her and um, they they there was there was an issue. There was something where they they wanted to that the, they for whatever reason word hadn't gone around that this this thing was on, and they weren't getting the sales for the for the the show. And they said, would I mind, they'd seen that I'd been supporting what they do and would I be a guest on it? And I said, well, I'd love to, I'd absolutely love to. I said, but look, um, I want to come and pay and see it first. I want to support what you do. Anyway, they, they put it out in the press that I was going to be this guest performer for this tiny little role. Um, and it was important to me as well. What was the name I, again? Mrs Thistle... Matt. No, right. Mrs. Thistle twice. <laughs> mm. Mm. So Thanks. something like, like that, that. child friendly. So there was that preschool. So um, anyway, they put this press release out saying that you know local showbiz voice actor going to be you know, guest performer on Avenue Q, and they sold out for the whole rest of the run to the point of I wanted to go back and watch the very final show, and they couldn't get me in. <laughs> they couldn't. So I, I ended up watching the very final show from the wings. I, I I went backstage and just watched it from the wings. But when we actually did it on the night, they invited me to be up on stage with the puppets and you know with the rest of the performers. And I said, actually, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to take it away from the actual puppeteer who would normally do it. So let her perform it, and I will go and hide in the like the the sound booth at the back of the theatre with a mic and do it that way. So <laughs> so that so that way then she still gets her moment of fame because mm-hmm. she was a really talented puppeteer. I didn't want her nose to be pushed out of joint by some fella coming in and going, look at me, I'm, I'm taking your job away for a night. <laughs> so, and it was great doing it that way because um, 
She was, she was terrific. Uh, and then I got to be ridiculous as the voice of this headmistress. And, you know, come along, <laughs> darling. Uh, and it was huge fun. If you ever get the chance to see Avenue Q, uh, do it. If it ever comes back again, um, just see it. It, it, it. It's terrific fun. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Well, <laughs> definitely... <laughs> Check us out on our Instagram market. I'm sure you will see my acting skills. I can't and, wait uh, to see this. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. Johnny, you've set it, it up is. too much now. That's the thing. I, I, I have set it up. Yeah, you're going to be very... You'll text me and go, that was absolutely <laughs> awful. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you for your time. Um, we, we have chatted for ages and I know we could chat for We're longer, very, but, very uh, interesting. Merry Christmas. Holidays refreshed with Graham and Johnny. Lovely, lovely catch-up there with a guy who's got a great microphone. Lovely He's stuff. Got, Get that man on TikTok. I've, I've been saying, I've been saying this. I said this to him then. I don't know. Did I say it then? Right, I've I've said it to him at some point. Get that man on TikTok. Absolutely, he will. It's he's TikTok gold, isn't he? Is five is five and five on again today? Five and five is on, which means oh, right there next door. They're sat there in front of the microphone. They've been, they've been there all week. Would you believe Adam and Bongo? Yeah. So they've got five minutes to chat about another Christmassy subject. It's the five and five with Adam and Bongo in a sec. But next week's our final holidays refreshed. We're oh. back in seven days on the twenty eighth. So just after Crimbo, but obviously before New Year. So that is our kind of post Christmas before New Year special next That'd be week. Nice. To- End holidays refreshed in seven days. And, of course, we'll have another five in five. And on that note... In the meantime, can I just say, in mm. the meantime, it's going to be... How have you missed off? It's going to be Christmas in the meantime. Johnny, bring it in. Bring it in for the big Christmas hug. Oh, Come on. yes. Give it a... Yeah. Oh. Sorry, that, that was a bit too... It went on a bit long, that hug. Sorry, it got a bit awkward in the end, but it was... But there we go. Have yourself you a merry little Christmas. Actually, no. Have yourself yes. a merry little Christmas. I'm going to spend mine. I've been asked to go... In-laws, blah, 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 blah. no, I've made excuses. Uh, I'm going to fake my own death. Uh, no, we're going to be at home with the dog, so that'll be nice. Uh, what about you? So I'll be at the mother-in-law's. No. Uh, so we're going to Linda's. So I get to see all the family, which is amazing. Nice. And little Frankie the Jack Russell, oh. who, who's the best Christmas present you could ever get. He's demented. He's like my dog. Uh, they have a lot, oh, in, a lot in common. Small dog, just uh, small yappetite dog stuff. When you love them, but you want to throttle them. My auntie, my auntie Charlotte, who is is the voice of the Brown family. So that's my mum's sister. That side of the family once described a Jack Russell uh, to its owner because all Jack Russells are off the red. Yeah, and she once turned around and said. Fucking hell, that dog, it belongs to the circus. <laughs> um, be an absolutely that, shit circus, wouldn't it? Right. it would be We've got very, the, uh, the Jack Russell. It's <laughs> yeah, almost got exactly, lions yeah. and tigers and the Moscow State Circus. <laughs> and yeah, we just got this little small Jack Russell on a lead. <laughs> then I'm back in Edinburgh Brilliant. and Hogman mother-in-law, eh? all up here for Hogmanay. And the Pet nice. Shop Boys are performing live. Oh, lovely. I don't know, they're go. before my time. They're not. I love them. Pet Shop Who. Pet Shop Who. Um, no, honestly, they're incredible live. I'm actually quite jealous. That sounds loads of fun. So All that's right. how we'll see out 2022 and see in 2023. But of course, before Same that, stuff. we'll see you in seven days. The last holidays you're fresh. And on that note, let's have a five in five and we welcome Adam and Bongo. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Five in five. Ho, ho, ho. Give us a ho, 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 Johnny. Ho, 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 bro. Yeah, it's five in five with Adam and Johnny. So you need to get ready for some tasty arguments as we make a top five of Christmas foods in just five minutes. We're going to get straight to the meat and banish the waffle as we make the definitive top five for you 
to enjoy on Christmas Day. Did you write that little introduction yourself there? Banish the waffle. You could bring on the meat, banish the waffle. Mate, it, that was I did, good, mate. Well I did. Done. It took me hours. In fact, yeah, days to, uh, to it's write very that. professional. Uh, so how are we qualified to make this list? Well, my job is to uh, cut the chit-chat and get straight to the point. I'm a radio presenter. Uh, Johnny doesn't uh, suffer fools, no, do you? I'm, uh, a bing, I'm a bingo caller. He's not afraid to call a dickhead a dickhead? Wow. Yeah. Am I, I right, know, Johnny? I don't know where yet. No, not at all. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the Christmas dinner. <laughs> right, so we got five minutes to decide on the top five Christmas foods. Starts now. All right. Well, first we're going to have to talk about meat. And yeah. I think, you know, I've known you many, many years, and this has come up before in the past. Okay. You know, you're posh. Um, <laughs> you've talked about, you know, having pheasant for dinner. You've talked about having goose and believe venison has come up in the past. So just at the start of this, I know we're wasting time, but curveball lap. All right, we're talking good, hearty, working class Christmas dinner. All right, none of your tough stuff. Happy enough for that? Are you happy enough we, for that? We had pheasant once, which wasn't even at Christmas. So uh, mm, and he's still know. holding on to that. Yeah, all right. So moving on. Okay. okay. People will say, oh, I don't really like turkey. It's so, dry. If I you cook a turkey right, if you cook a turkey right, if you swerve cooking the whole bird and you get a crown or a double crown or a double breast, wrap with bacon, boom, you're using a meat temperature probe to get that, you know, right up to, I think it's around 65, boom. You're, you're getting moist turkey. So turkey's in there. It's not top five. What? Staying with meat. I'm sorry, I'm just going to go here. Stand with, stand with meats. You've got your turkey. Swerve the beef. Yeah. All right, you're going turkey and ham. They complement each other really, really well. Um, you know, you can do your ham, boil it in Coca-Cola, all the different kind of things that they do. For, for me, turkey and ham, they're your two meats. They're in the five. It just takes days to cook, mate. You've, st you've started your turkey on, on Christmas Day. You're not eating until, like, Boxing Day. No, not at all, mate. You, you're up early. You know what I mean? You're up. Six, seven in the morning, getting it right. Well, what's your other meat? We can, we can stick a ham in there. What about lamb? No, lamb. That's that's for Sunday and in, in, in spring. Yeah, but it just tastes so delicious. No, there's no. I don't know. Duck. No, none of the three birds. You see, see, you're starting to go into that bird and a bird and a bird. You know, at your <laughs> Henry the Eighth banquet table. Like I said, no posh stuff. It's turkey okay. and ham. Okay, well, we'll decide at the end All right. which one makes the list. Uh, roast but potatoes have got to go in. They're in. They've got, to, they've got to go in. What's the difference between a roast potato and a Christmas roast potato? It's uh, goose fat. Goose fat. Or, well, mm -hmm. I'd say duck fat, but if you want to splash out on the goose oh, fat, I, isn't it? I feel like I'm like a pupil getting taught here by some <laughs> yeah. sort of chef. This well, is mad. So they're in there. Your, okay. your duck fat roasties or your goose fat roasties, they're in there. Pig, pigs are blankets. An absolute, an absolute staple. Yeah. God tier. A pig wrapped in its own piggy blanket. It's just, they're sorry. in there. Yeah. Uh, cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce, for me, a winner. Yep. Again, with turkey, but also with ham. I find that the sweetness of the ham, the cranberry, you can't sweet on sweet, just pile it up. It's Christmas. Well, I know you love the turkey, but for me, the cranberry has to go in because if you're having turkey, that's the only thing that adds flavour to it. Right, okay. All right, I'll give you that. Mince pie, what are we saying? Well, that's not a Christmas dinner. That's a dessert, so get okay, that out of your way. We're talking it, Christmas dinner. Because then you're, you're talking starters, you're talking volivants. You know, we're talking about the Christmas dinner here. Okay. You're going off track. What's the time? Brussels How sprouts. How long have we got left? Brussels sprouts. If you're doing them in pancetta, yes, but they're not going to be in top five. What else? This is just insane. No, how long how have we got left? you are. Come on. Okay. We've got uh, work to do. Stuffing, of course. Stuffing. Stuffing, absolute winner. Yeah. It needs to be in there. It's, again, it's, it's part of Christmas. Uh, you know, gravy, of course. Oh, yeah. But you, you, gravy's gravy. Yeah. You can yeah. do a really good gravy, but also... A standard powdered gravy does the job, I find. You know, I've 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 dropped the the gravy bowl before. 
um, on, on Christmas morning, smashed it everywhere. You know, a gravy that I worked on for a but couple of days. But you have added meat juices. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking like a full stock. I've done the whole the whole job, eh? But in the end, the old powdered gravy did the trick. Okay. So, okay, so... Do you need we, your order? We've got, well, hang on. This is supposed to be a, a joint effort here. Yeah, but, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. 60 seconds left. Uh, okay, so uh, let's start then with number five. I think maybe cranberry sauce. We'll put cranberry in there. Yeah, cranberry sauce should make it top five. Cranberry, let's go roasties number four. Okay. Uh, pigs and blankets. Pigs and blankets is maybe number number two for me, but okay, okay we'll put so it we'll in at three. We could go stuffing at three. Stuffing at three, pigs and blankets at the two, and number oh one for God. me, you what? forgot, it's it's the Christmas ham, mate. Okay, it's Chris that holiday Christmas what ham. We, what we glazing it? Maple syrup, cloves, the lot, mate. Yeah. We're going for it. <laughs> Sweet goodness, and that's the one that's nicer the next day, you know, when you're, you're making your yeah. festive sandwich. Yeah. Or, I suggest people get the old toasty machine out from 1992 from the back of your cupboard, make a festive toasty. Class. <laughs> Stuffing, turkey, cranberry, all in there. Ham. There we go. That's your top five. That's your five and five Christmas Day foods. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoy each one of those foods in the top five for your Christmas Day meal. Um, really do. Hope you have a lovely Christmas as well. We'll be back just after Christmas talking about how to relieve the Christmas boredom. There you go. That'll be the mm, next one. Exciting. In your five and five. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This has been a part of the Holidays Refresh podcast. Yeah.